And we are here, ladies and gentlemen, guys and gals and non-binary pals. We're here, and I am very excited for today's session of Salamander Coast, session number 37, Dreams. Uh, but first and foremost, uh, welcome. My name is Joe. Welcome to Roll With Advantage. Welcome back. If you happen to have been here during the charity stream, we're happy to have you back. And um, a, a short disclaimer before we get into today's uh, session and before we get into the summary, before we roll the intro, all that good stuff. Um, you know, obviously, I'd just like to extend a, a huge thank you to everybody who turned out during the charity stream, whether you played in the one shot, whether you found the listing on Roll20 and you um, applied and then still came out and showed your support and just watched and shared it and all that good stuff. Uh, we were able to raise a, a, a mind shattering amount of money, especially for such a small channel like us. Uh, and we are so thankful to all the people who came out and donated and shared and watched and supported us all the way throughout the uh, 20 hours of madness, um, especially those of you that were brave enough to be there for the last two hours of the absolutely abhorrent improvised one shot. Um, so thank you to those of you that donated, watched, and tuned in, because um, with you, we were able to raise a lot of money for a wonderful cause. I mean, it's monies for children's hospitals. You can't get a better, <laughs> better, uh, a better place for money to go than that. Um, okay, that's thing number one. Thing number two, this is especially relevant for today's game. Now, Joe, me, uh, the the sort of resident uh, DM for the, the three roll with advantage campaigns, when I run one shots, I tend to lean into the more whip, uh, lackadaisical, whimsical side of my personality, um, as is prevalent in the uh, Feywild one shot where they all get turned into small forest critters. Joe as a DM definitely doesn't do that as much. <laughs> uh, Joe as a DM in long-term campaigns is a little bit more serious with some strings of lightheartedness and, uh, and laughter. Um, but overall, uh, a more serious um, tone with sort of like spots of whimsy. So I just wanted to give you a, a brief disclaimer, especially for this first part uh, that's coming up. Um, okay. So that is all I wanted to say. So thank you so much for tuning in. And I think that we should roll the intro and then uh, get started. That's what we're coming back to. I hope you guys enjoyed the womp. Um, okay. So with that, as we get into today's session, let me go ahead and play the uh, the Salamander Coast opening theme. Um, Cameron, are you ready uh, to yes. give us our summary? Yes, I am. So last we left off, our intrepid group of adventurers. Boo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, you won't do it, so I had to. Um, <laughs> uh, had begun sailing uh, after an, a brief encounter, um, a narrowly escaped encounter with one of the Dark One's 13 thralls named Wicker. 
Um, so after sailing for a while, there were a couple of conversations that were had. Um, Desmond, uh, Kyo, and Ashima talked about what destinies uh, await a dragonborn. A few discoveries were made about that. Um, Bianca trained with Morwen. Um, we had a little, got to know the Dolsky twins a little bit better on this ride. Um, and after sailing for, I believe it was three days, and uh, thinking about the food uh, situation on the ship for way too long, <laughs> um, we found a small island um, in which we docked, uh, and there was a tavern called Tears Tear, in which we met a kind of suspicious dragonborn named Ro, I believe, um, who was wary of the party offering them lots of information, but also a slight warning um, that maybe it's not best for them to stay too long. Um, shortly after, another group of uh, sailors uh, came, a motley little crew uh, who surrounded a beautiful woman named Oriana, um, mysterious as she is beautiful, came in, uh, had a brief conversation with Carasilla that was neither amazing nor terrible, um, but we uh, learned a little bit about that, um, had that little bit of banter, and I believe th I mean, there may have been something else that I'm missing, but that's all I can think of. No, yeah, I think that that, uh, that, that hits the nail on the head there. So, um, yeah, so let's dive in right on that note. So what had just happened is Carasilla had this conversation with Oriana, this absolutely drop-dead gorgeous woman. So much so that even Carasilla, somebody like you who is so confident in who they are as a um, conversationalist and just as a person, even you started to have some troubles talking to her, lose your footing a little bit. Um, you tried to use the spell Detect Thoughts to try and get an idea, surface level of what she was thinking. However, she succeeded her saving throw and saw that you were casting the spell. She made a comment and she used the cantrip message to send a small bit of her voice into your head and say, you're not the only one with tricks. And on that note, you sort of smiled, responded to the message saying, well, we all got to look out for ourselves and headed off. Now, while that wasn't a terrible conversation, it definitely didn't go the way that you wanted it to. As you were walking back, you do have this moment though, where you start to sort of realize what you were doing. Why was I so nervous? And you have that thought as you're walking away. You don't think much of it, but it's there. Now, as all of you were getting ready to head to sleep, as I said uh, before, when we ended last week's, or last session's session, one of the things that happened in sort of the interlude is, well, as all of you were getting ready to go to bed, you can see Bianca sort of dart up from her bed and run over to Kiyofi. And the two of them in the corner of the tavern just sort of have this back and forth conversation rapidly, sort of Kyothi kind of like nodding, trying to understand Bianca, like full of like excitement and being like, oh, wow, ah, 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 and just trying to explain. And you see the conversation go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth till eventually it comes to a close. If you'd like to know what that conversation was, I recommend you go check out last session's Isles of Ivarion, uh, because that's where that conversation happened. But... So all of you see that, and that's right at the end of that conversation is where we're going to go ahead and cut back to Bianca and Kyothi. As Bianca, you finish sending that last message, this idea that you'll try and find a way to communicate over a more sustained duration. Kyothi just kind of stares down at you, your Goliath traveling companion, the long 
brown hair coming off of her, like pale white skin, and those like once brown tattoos, now that sort of dark forest green. Um, she just sort of stares down at you and says, so what, I mean, I know that there is a lot of things to consider right now, but what exactly is the plan should you find a way to sustain communication? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I didn't think she, I didn't think we talked to any of them so soon after we found out that they existed. Um, I definitely didn't think my first interaction with her was going to be positive um, <laughs> based off what Nalfian said. I think, I mean, they don't know a lot about the Dark One, but it sounds like they want to be allies. And we need that. Are you all right? I just, I fear that what if we get to the temple and we go to Bromsgrove and what happens then? They send a message when they figure out how to communicate? Does she just presume you're dead? Will the message be delivered? I, I sadly can't say anything now, but I'm just worried that I don't know. It definitely complicates things. I... I guess getting back to the present would then be the best option because then we technically wouldn't lose any time. Right? Maybe. Like, if we leave Maybe. and spend time in the past, we could return to the time that we left, right? Oh. Um... We just need to figure out a way. Correct. And that, the, see, I think the problem is the way, not necessarily the idea. My the, idea, I think, is really good. Um, yes, it is. I, and you can see that she's just like, her brows are <laughs> furrowed and there's like 70 lines on her forehead and she's just trying yeah. to think like, she's just nodding, like trying to like give you a confidence boost right now. Okay, so actually, here's okay. the best hope. Okay. We figure out a way to have a conversation before we go to the past, so they know where we're at, and if we don't return, that's what happened. And then, hopefully, eventually, our timelines will line up again. That would be the best, but then we have, like, a limited amount of time to figure out how to communicate with them, unless we just want to send a bunch of 25-word messages over, like, a week. Okay. Um, well, it seems like a point was reached. So what if we wait or to see... I don't know. Sorry, uh, you finished. Oh, no, it's okay. So what if we wait to see what they say when they find that out? And if they don't say anything by the time we get to the temple, I'll send a message then. And we go from there. I think that's a good plan. Because I okay. just don't know if we're going to have... Access to the resources to learn how to send a message. Just out here, like, there's not, I don't know if you know, but like, is there any source of knowledge out here 
that we could seek besides some greater being or higher being that we may or may not ever find out about? Well, I didn't get to see it. We weren't in, um, I wasn't in, um, Fjordaleth very long, but, um, the previous rulers of Fjordaleth, uh, he kept a very extensive library. Um, we might be able to have access to that. Okay, then... They're fairly respectful to the Goliaths of the Hearthstone. Maybe I can get us in. Is that on the... In on the way where we're going? It is, yes. At the very tip of the peninsula is where Fjordaleth is. And then from what the witch told us, the temple should be just north of Fjordaleth. Okay, that's a good plan. Okay. They might have something then, if, assuming Eurydice and her friends don't find something before that. Hmm. Truthfully. Oh, well, okay. Very well. A plan is a plan, right. and maybe... Should we tilt the rest of them now, or wait until the morning? Do they look super groggy and like they just want to go to bed? Because if they do, they'll wait. But if they're still up and about, we should, might as well just do it now. Well, group? I mean, what time is it? Uh, at this point, it's, um, let's see, about 9 or 10 o'clock at night, because this would have been after you did all your hunting and gathering just for supplies for when you leave. Uh, can't speak for everyone. I'd say Morwen looks fine. Definitely <laughs> looking over, kind of like, so what you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, probably in the same boat. Cecily is conscious. Uh, that much is true. So... Well, that's more than half the group's pretty alert. Uh, Desmond probably also awake, just kind of twiddling his thumbs anxiously. Okay, okay so then they all look. Oh. Yeah, moderate to okay. Well, then yes. let's just tell them now. Bianca kind of looks up at Kyothi. Okay, well, I'll, I'll let you do the explaining. You were doing a good job earlier. Don't want to ruin the streak. <laughs> oh, I hope I was. Okay. Um, she's going to kind of walk to everybody, maybe like the center. I don't know how the beds are laid out. Yeah, so there's so, um, pretty much beds up against one wall. Like, they're all okay. up against one wall. Then she'll just kind of face everybody. So, I just received a message from Eurydice. If you guys remember... She was one of the people's graves that we saw in the future, and Nalfian talked about her a little bit. Um, and she learned some things about... She's also gonna... Real quick, before she keeps continuing, is uh, is Crow hanging out? <laughs> or is he gone? Uh, no, he's... Um... He's kind of going back and forth. There's like a small storage building behind the main sort of longhouse that he's just kind of idly going back and forth from, but he hasn't been back inside for maybe 15, 20 minutes now. Okay, cool. Well, if he ever walks back in, it's gonna be one of those awkward, like everyone just kind of stops talking and stares <laughs> right at him moments, probably. Mm. <laughs> um, anyway, so then she'll continue. And seems like she has learned some knowledge about the dark one. Um, and she wanted to reach out. Doesn't seem like 
an enemy or a threat from what I could tell. Um, said some nice things. So it was kind of comforting to hear that. And it seems like she wants they, her whole friends, want to be allies and help us and asked if we knew any more stuff. I gave a little bit more information, definitely let them know that we had met Malfian. I didn't say, she's like kind of thinking, she's like, I didn't say how we met. There was a lot of, I'm sure they are very confused. Um, I gave as much as I could just from sending messages back and forth. And we really need to figure out how to have a longer conversation with these people. Because if they know information that could help us and we have information and they want to help us, it only makes sense that we keep that line good. Um, but I just wanted to make sure everyone was kind of caught up. Wait, okay. So we're going to say something to them and then we're going to go to the past and we're going to have been, we're going to say it later. And then do we wait or do... Okay, Fuck. so here's my thought. If we can get back into the present from the past, we technically we can come back to where we left, so we'll never leave this timeline. But that's only if we can get back. Yeah, I know it's kind of kind of crazy. But the other thing is, if we can't get that full conversation before we leave, Kyothi and I are just going to let them know that we're peacing out and not to contact us, but we're not dead. Um, and we might return, but we're not sure. So, it's all confusing so, and convoluted and ah. It all depends if time is a bunch of lines or a bunch of circles. Time travel makes no sense. Well, I guess it just really is more so what philosophy of life you believe in. Um, look at someone like Ashima, and Ashima, correct me if I'm wrong, but typically the monks of Loshard believe time to be cyclical in a circle, right? That's the reincarnation? Correct. Eventually, the world will end, but upon its destruction, something will be born. Yeah. So, well, that's like the really big circle. Are there like a million little circles in the big circle? I like to think of time like a clock. So, yes, millions of little circles whizzing all together, and if one circle stops, the machine breaks, which is a comforting thought. <laughs> Um, I like to personally think of it like a <laughs> constantly writing script or story. And if you go back and you erase something in the first page, you have to change something that happens in page 10. So, and Another analogy that may assist you, Cecily, is have you ever seen a circus performer lying upon a bed of nails? You know, actually, yes. Go on. You're not sure at first, how they manage to do it. But you do know that they are not impaled upon the nails, yes? Well, this guy was close, but yeah. Well, there is an understanding that the man would not have lied down upon the bed of nails without having a reason for doing so. And his weight would not be supported by the nails if not for that reason. Even though we do not fully understand it, we can accept that this man is not impaled, for that is the reality. Huh. 
essentially, things must work out, because if this were impossible, we would not have even come this far. With that, you can see kind of Roe kind of comes back in. He's got like a, uh, a bundle on his back and he kind of sets it on the counter. And you can see that he starts to take out fish and slowly starts to um, gut them and descale them just in front of all of you, just on the counter. Not like super close, but just kind of back by the counter, maybe 20, 30 feet away from you. But he's back in the room now. So just keeping you guys updated is and transparency is all I was trying to go for. Sorry to give us all a headache. Assuming she gave everyone a really bad headache, she's just <laughs> going to go to bed. <laughs> and Cecily's just going to sit there and be like, okay. So magic is a weave. And time is chain mail. What? <laughs> You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> Cecily, think of it like <clears throat> light speed travel. Um, <laughs> nope. somebody, okay, you all go to bed. You all go to bed. You go to bed. You go to bed. Sleep is found by all. See you in the morning, Bianca. <laughs> yep. Hopefully my headache will be gone. <laughs> no, Cecily will probably still be here. Oh, damn. Bianca didn't laugh, but that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, with that, all of you head to sleep. You lay your heads onto the feather pillows and hard wooden beds that are in Tears Tear, this inn that you found on this small island in the fractured peninsula. As you lay your heads down, you can hear the crackling of fire, this ambient noise as you head to sleep, the sort of snapping and breaking of kindling and twigs every once in a while. And it's a spot of comfort, warmth, especially in the frigid, cold, and snowy airs of the fractured peninsula source of comfort. But, and, uh, I would just like to say for this next part, I'd like everybody to just trust me, okay? So just assume that I'm not misspeaking, all right? Okay. Okay. So as all of you head to sleep, laying your head down, listening to the crackling flames, you begin to feel that presence, those eyes watching you. Ashima, you are the, you open your eyes and you look around you, flames still crackling, but all of the beds beside you are empty. You are the only one standing, or laying on your bed still. As you sit up and look out to the rest of the inn, you can see a man 
sitting in a chair facing the fire away from you. What do you do? Um, I guess he would just he would very uh, meekly approach the man. Okay. So while walking. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. So, Morwin, as you stand and approach the man, what do you say? Where are the others? You can see the face angle over the shoulder towards you. You can see the edge of a face. An older man in his middle years, maybe at one point was handsome, but where eyes should be and a mouth should be, there is just bouts of flame. As the head leans over, a voice responds. They are here with you. Caracilla, how do you respond? Oh, would you mind filling me in on what exactly is happening? Come join me by the fire, and your answers will be had. Desmond, do you join him by the fire? Very tentatively. Now, Desmond, sitting down, looking face to face with him, you can see those bouts of flame even more clearer. Those pits of blackness that seem to extend forever. Abyss wreathed in flame. Cecily, as you're sitting down looking into those, that abyss, those wreaths of flame, what do you say? Where did you come from? The man smiles, the overextending of flames reaching almost the corners of his ears. You are not very smart, are you? I'm always here, always watching, always ready to take what is owed to me. Bianca, how do you respond? What do you mean by owed? <laughs> the man laughs again. All of this is owed to me. Upon creation, I was locked away outside everything. Realms of oblivion, of nothing of pain and destruction. But now, now as the weave begins to tear, I will take what is truly mine. Ashima, how do you respond? Uh, <clears throat> you must know that we will never let you. The head reels back as this maniacal laughter fills the room. Upon laughing, the flame of the fire pit grows in intensity. 
You think you are any match for me. In a thousand histories of the world, I have won against that of Aurelia, Syedra, Omen, Kjordas, and Thanet, and even Elowin herself. Oh, the reality you saw. Oh, yes. I know where you went. She was the last to fall in that reality. Why else do you think it would look like that? Morwen, how do you respond? The way I see it, we're still standing. You haven't won yet. In this reality, yes. This string of the weave. We have fought before. And you have fallen before. Caracilla, how do you respond? This is all just going to be a little mind game of yours, or do you actually have something you want to say? I want to extend an offer one last time. You will never be safe from the great Lord of Dark. Continue your futile attempt to prevent what is destined to be. Thousands of timelines, millions of servants of the light, all of them fail. You will join their ranks among my legions before this is all over. Desmond, how do you respond? You're a fool if you think we'll join you. <laughs> you will either serve me in life or be my thrall in death. You see, I am the great Lord of the Dark. The Lord of the Domain of the Grave. When you die, you will serve me. You've died before, and you shall die again. Cecily, how do you respond? There has to be 10,000 timelines where I died on the street. The fact that I'm here at all means you're probably fucked. You will go to Bronzegrom. You will attempt to gather the forces of the children of the flame. You've done so before thousands of times. You will arrive within the fortnight. The turning of the new year. The children of the flame will not accept you. They will say that the letter is falsified. The seal has been broken. They will know. Then. You will be approached by the hidden flame. You will be approached by Solus. Oh, yes, you know him. You do. All of you do. 
He will attempt to give you what help he can, but eventually my servant will arrive in Bronzegrove. By the end of the new year, Solvis's flame will be extinguished, and then there will be no one to save you. Bianca, how do you respond? So if you're so sure and confident, why did you need someone like Issen, someone like me, to come and help you with this plan? I don't believe you. You're afraid. And you can see he just leans forward and then slowly begins to stand. That form, that human form, shoulders and arms, legs, and a chair. As soon as it begins to stand, they all begin to sort of melt away. All of you now standing in the exact same point in time, all of you standing together, all of you in agreement, all of you standing against him. As soon as he stands, his form begins to grow 10, 15, 20 feet tall until eventually he is his head to the ceiling. His form begins to expand. What was once a human body just enraptures the entire room until there is nothing but a small moat of flame that causes crackles of orange and red matching his face. Bouts of flame in the middle of darkness. You can smell burnt wood. You can see ash begin to fly in front of your face. And that bout of flame smiles as he says, try as you will. You have failed every single time. My servants may fail me, but even when you kill one or the other, I always take what is mine. Good luck in your journey to Bronzegrove. For what it's worth, I hope the winds are favorable. You'll need all the time you can get. And with that, you can see this large bout of flame begin to swirl around and slam down towards each one of you as all of you throw up your hands, each and every single one of you. Shoot up. Immediately, in the room, you can see the flame still sort of going in the middle of the fireplace. All of you look to one another, all of you sharing that experience. And all of you can see a chair sitting next to the fireplace, smoldering and burning, small bits of ash flying away out the door. As all of you look up to one another, you all recognize that 
you all had the same thing happen to you. So, seeing that, recognizing that, what do you do? Is everyone okay? So, we all experienced the same thing then. Seems like it. Was interesting, to say the least. You know, it's actually probably not the worst nightmare I've had. Anyone mind if I break this chair? Please do. Alright, and she'll- It's not ours! Break it anyway! Break it's the not fucking rules! Break the rules! It's not it's ours! It's on fire! <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't here- Wait, was the chair there before we went to sleep? Oh, no, it wasn't. Then oh. it's not his either. Break the fucking chair. Break it. Break it. Yeah, yeah, no. Shooting I, some firebolts at it and just. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I remind you, this is a wooden building. <laughs> you hey, I got it. I got no, it. No, it's fine. It's fine. Bianca, it falls into the fire plate. <laughs> I can put it out with uh, frost, maybe. Or thaumaturgy. I can just get rid of it. Fire does yeah. not work like that. <laughs> Shima, it's fine. We did it. <sighs> um, yes. Is it nighttime, Joe, still? Oh, yeah. You guys maybe went to sleep five minutes ago, maybe four. I think maybe one of our mistakes is we're always supposed to watch no matter what. That's something we were told a long time ago, back when we were in Summer's Rest. Right. Maybe all of us resting is too easy for him. It is his domain. Huh. Hey, Joe, I have a question. Yeah, what's up? Did we all experience, like, being each other and saying those things or was it like as if we were the person saying all of the things that everybody else said and then we realized we were everybody was there the latter okay the latter is even more fucky mm -hmm. wow yeah <laughs> jeez we've soul melded oh god <laughs> instrumentality she's touching my soul Mom. <laughs> well, Cecily will just kind of plop down on the floor and just, okay. Well, as long as we don't have a night off, I'll just uh, be on first watch here, I guess. I'll watch as well. I don't know if any of us are going to be able to sleep very well after that. No. Yeah, do hey, some laps, you'll pass out. I can get into out. your head is what he wants, right? The whole mind game that he plays. If you let him do that, then he's already won. But that is I, astute. Um, curious. He said something, and you can see Kiyote kind of pulls out her journal, and she sort of flips to the back, and she has like a small, like little, like like almanac in the back, like of like different calendar dates. 
But he's wrong. We're not going to Bromsgrove. At least, we would be to Bromsgrove in a fortnight if we were going there right now. Maybe a week and a half, two weeks from where the temple is. He also mentioned something about a letter. Did we, did you guys mention this letter and explain? You said it need, something needed to be taken to the hidden flame, but did you say it needed to go to Bromsgrove? No, I think we would have probably just said it was hidden flame because I don't think we'd make the connection that, oh yeah, you guys don't know shit. <laughs> he, I, was he referring to she's going to point it to you guys to whatever letter you guys had it seemed like it would be the one um, but more than convinced that we'd be able to at least explain the situation we had our reasons to do what we did but Kyothi's right he's still wrong that's not what we're even doing he doesn't know our plan. Or he's the father of lies. As everybody keeps saying. It's probably best to consider everything he says bullshit. I mean, sure, it's probably definitely bullshit, but I mean, there's a lot of things he could lie about intimidation tactic and why would you not say that you know all the cards that we hold seems like a odd thing to miss out especially if he's always watching or whatever well maybe he's lying about that too no i think we were all right i think he's scared and if he can't always be watching it's trying to put that idea in our head make us not wanting to plan or do what we're doing Yep. That he's already so many steps ahead when really he's falling behind. Just it's, like a headmaster. And it's interesting that this happened so quickly after meeting you two, and also after we connected with Eurydice and her group. Maybe things are really starting to worry him for real. You can see Kyothi kind of laugh a little bit. <laughs> you know, when I was growing up, I never thought that I would ever make anybody scared. But I've got to tell you, it feels pretty good that... <sighs> the father of lies might be scared of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Feels kind of yeah. badass. Definitely is pretty scary, so. <laughs> well, we knew that. <laughs> Besides, I don't know if we can uh really trust Emeril anymore. But whatever he's up to I'd be scared of him too. At least we know who we can trust. She's gonna look at everyone in the room. We'll always have that. Oh, Bianca, you're too nice. 
I just... Morwen and Carousilla, I know that... I didn't get to thank you that day. I just want you two to know that I'm thankful for that. And... I want the rest of you to know that should this father of lies ever try to do anything to you, you all are my friends and I will do anything I have to do to make sure that nothing bad happens to you. feel the same. Good. She smiles at the rest of you. And then goes back to lay down. Everybody's sort of following suit, leaving, what was it, Bianca and Ashima up for watch? I think it was Cecily and Bianca. Cecily and Bianca. Do we just need to, one more watch? I'll, I'll stay up for the, I'll fill. Do we need uh, two watches? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because you won't, you were only asleep for like five minutes. Oh, yeah. Right. It was oh, like God. as soon as you, yeah. So, Sessianka, first watch. Um, Ashim someone. I'll, I'll do it with Ashima. Yeah. Shimond. That's a good Shimond. one. Shimond. Shimond. Desmina. Shimond, got a. <laughs> Okay. All right. It's been so, a long day. So, <laughs> Cecily, Bianca, the two of you begin your watch, and uh, easy enough. You, you, the watch passes. It, it is, you're in a, like, long rectangular building with only, like, one and a half points of interest. Um, yeah. We're uh, staying entrance. up to not have more dreams. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. So, but Bianca did want to say something to Cecily. Oh, yeah, of course. Please do. Please do. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. Okay. I don't want to play. Sorry. Okay. So Bianca's <laughs> going to go to their, whatever they gathered from their hunting and gathering and find like a bag of apples or I don't know, whatever fruit is in the area. I'm going with apples. Yeah. And sure. she's going to say, so Cecily, I don't know if you know this about me, but there are certain tasks that, um, I, I like doing them when they need to be done, but I just can't respond to somebody when they're talking to me when I do this task. So um, if you, I'm gonna start peeling apples. And if you need to talk, I'm sorry, I will listen, but I won't respond, just so you know. And then she'll sit down and start peeling some apples. What? Cecily's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just gonna kind of be like, uh... Okay. Why? Um, <laughs> just well, I mean, I, I don't. Why? Well, uh, I don't. I mean, I don't have much to. I don't know. I mean, we, you know, 
we saw the dark one. I mean, what else is there to say beyond that? You know, I mean, it's... It's like, you know, you talk about that now, and then there's going to be a new thing tomorrow, and then we're not going to be able to talk about that, and be a new thing tomorrow, and then, you know, it's just going to keep happening, so, I mean. Why are you peeling an apple right now? She'll set down the apples. Um, well, I had to stop, you know, because I needed to respond. Um, uh -huh. I don't know, I just feel <laughs> like, um... You have a lot to get off your chest, and I know that I just cannot respond to people when I peel an apple. Um, so I was just like, you know, there's been a lot going on, and I was just gonna listen to you if you needed to. I don't know. And then she'll pick up an apple and start peeling the apple again. Cecily is gonna try very hard not to laugh. She can. Uh, Bianca will yes. continue. She knows it's silly. <laughs> She's not trying to be... Oh, Anything but, it, but kind of silly. But it, but it, but it's more like Cecily doesn't want to admit that this is kind of working. Um, <laughs> but it's, but it's really funny, um, and so she's kind of just. <clears> hmm. <throat> okay. Well. This is nice. This is a lot nicer than my last watch. You know, there was a lot of talking during that one. Are you not... Are you not scared of... All the... Shit... Happening? Bianca will set down the apples. I really thought you didn't want me to respond, Cecily. What? But I will. Okay. That's all good. Well, you know, just the one time. Just the one time. Okay. Um. Yes, I. I am. I'm scared for my family. I'm scared for you all. A lot more than I'm scared for myself. But I am scared for myself. And... I don't ever know what to expect. But finding good people along the way has made it a lot more worth it. Whatever the hell we're doing. Like, we know, but we don't know what we're doing. And... Especially... Traveling with you, Desmond, and... When we were traveling with Poe, that was a lot. Because it was like... Me and Ashima had to be, you know... 
adults and I'm barely an adult. Um, and letting Poe go. I, I don't, I still can't believe he's gone. And we don't have to talk about that, but I feel like you want to. And this is where I can start peeling apples if you want me to. Just nod yes or no. You're kind of an adult, you know. Like a little more than barely. It doesn't feel that way. You'll know what I mean when you're my age, but you really don't feel like an adult. Nothing changes. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, you get more responsibilities. You're fucking 25. Yeah. Don't you're remind like, me. <laughs> you're, you're ancient. You're expired. You have gone bad. Well, how do you think I look at you? An infant? Would you like to be looked at like a baby? I am... <sighs> Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Um. So you've done the teenage bullshit before, right? Yeah. I'd say I got that qualification. Did... Anyone ever tell you uh, about how they felt? Like you know? romantically? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like that. Um, actually, no. Nope, that is not one of my qualifications. But my parents are incredibly over the moon for each other. And they always said, like, oh, you'll find someone, and it'll just be like night and day when you're with them. And Oh, I haven't had that. I don't know if I ever will. Um, but I know what love is. I I saw it every day of my life. I just don't get it. Don't get romantic feelings or, or love.
Pick up the apple again. Okay. And she's picking up the apple. She's peeling away. I don't get what he said. I mean, I know he meant it. Because he can't lie to save his ass. <laughs> I just don't know why he meant it. I mean, I... first thing I ever did to him was lie. I, um, I told him I had a sick brother because I found out kind of early that If you're just plain old hungry, no one gives a shit, so. Gotta have a story. And I did that for years. I probably owe him and his dad. 200 gold. <laughs> Maybe more. And then... You know, this shit happens. And I'm... Just... I just yell at him. I make fun of him. I shut him out. I threatened to beat him. Not that I could. This pisses me off. I mean, he's, like, so good, it's fucking annoying. He's probably the best person I've ever met, and somehow, he convinced himself that I was worth it. Person... Who has no friends, lies to everybody, can't admit anything, God, and I smell. 
all the time. I hardly even know how to take care of myself because no one taught me how. I'm all scarred up. Got some from falling, fighting, getting bit by dogs on the street. Sometimes it was somebody that adopted me. Sometimes it was myself. I didn't know what else to do. He doesn't feel that way about me. It's bullshit. So... Yeah. That... is what I've been meaning to say. So... Um... I guess... Guess you can stop, um... Healing that apple now. Bianca, you're about almost to the core on the one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. I overpeeled by a lot. Um, she's got to set it down. <laughs> Thank you for telling me. Why? What's the point? Well, the point would be that you're feeling safe, I think, maybe for the first time in your life, and that's hilarious since the dream we just had, so it says a lot. And um, I guess the other reason for saying thank you is uh, I wanted to know. Not in a nosy way, but in a, um, in a, in a I care for you way. And, um, I know those feelings might be a little overwhelming for you, but they're true. I, I can say that for me, they definitely are. And you stated it before you finished your story that was one of the most honest people you know. So that means he wasn't lying. But I understand yeah. why that would be hard for you to understand. Um, you don't have to be lying to be wrong. He's just a fucking idiot. You know, it's... 
probably more likely if I can be really blunt that your own personal emotions are the one shutting out the feelings that we have for you. And maybe once you learn to see yourself the way we do, you'll feel what we feel for you. I'm not going to sit here and say I had this super rough life or anything. But I do know what it's like to not love yourself. And it's not easy to, to find that love. But it's possible. Because if we can love you, you can love yourself. You just need to, maybe you need to meet yourself, who you actually are. I don't know. Because you say all these things like, I'm a screw up and I'm stinky, but we're all stinky. So there's that. I don't know the last time I had a shower. Um, <laughs> ocean spray, I guess, if you want to consider that. <laughs> um, and, uh. If you're a big fuck-up, then I'm a major fuck-up. I fucked up before we ever started this journey. Before I ever met you. Big time. That, uh... That black dragon in Odoro, Ordero. I... I set him free. I think. Uh, yeah, not gonna lie, that's pretty bad. That's really bad. Oh, that's really bad. It's so bad. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Man. Ow. Trying to process that still. And you, I, I broke it to you before everybody else, so I was gonna get there, it's just... And I'm sure, I'm sure everyone here, Desmond, Carasilla, Morwen, Ashima, and Poe's screwed up, he just was more honest and cute about it, probably, but... We, we're all... We're all fuck-ups a little bit. But it does, it, what matters is how you move forward. Or at least I hope that's what matters, because that's what I'm trying to do, to make amends for the fuck-ups of my life and my family's. So in solidarity, we're all fuck-ups. Bianca, as you get about there, you can see that coming in from that back door that Ro has kind of been going in and out of, um, he steps in, just sort of gives you a nod. You can see he's got this like 
big thick wool coat with fur on it and he's carrying some logs and he just uh seeing all seeing the two of you he just sort of gives you a curious sort of wave and just says uh I could tell the fire on the chimney was smoke was a little low just came in to give it some more fuel kind of steps through he kind of throws some of the logs on the fire and you can see that he just sort of goes down to the end of the one line and you can see he cups his hands around that sort of dragonborn maw and just inhales, filling up his chest and lets out a very thin stream of flame just in one brief flash across that line and the flames pick up. And he does um, come over to the two of you just briefly on his way out. And he uh, sort of kneels down wherever you are and he's just says, uh, I was also just curious. Um, I know I'm asked about him before, but the bronze dragonborn you travel with, what is his name again? Desmond. Desmond. O'Malley? Yes. She's insight. Is he angry? <laughs> make an insight check. Okay. Make a, yeah, make an insight check. It didn't sound angry to me, but I also... <laughs> What's your vibe, bro? Yeah. What do you know, bro? Are you friend or foe, bro? Oh, fucking bars. Oh. Uh, Eleven. Eleven. He is the most... You thought Ashima was the epitome of neutrality. This dragonborn scaly face that you can tell has different cracks in the uh, scales tinged with sort of, sort of fiery red. Uh, yeah, he, he's, I, you get nothing. So just Does sort of- that mean something to you in a negative way? <laughs> Bianca's lost all of her cool. <laughs> You, you, you stop <laughs> peeling apples. Well, you continue to peel, but you're starting to scrape your hand a little bit. And he's like, watch out, you're cutting yourself. Yeah, I'm not going to finish that sentence that I was going to say. Anyway. Well, I just... Um, word of different metallic dragonborn get around. You know what? Nice to have one of my own in the tavern. I'll have a conversation with him in the morning. I just uh, wanted to uh, know a little bit more before I said anything. <clears throat> Thanks. And he kind yeah. of stands up and uh, before he goes, he kind of turns back around and says, by the way, is the temperature in here all right? Oh, yes. Thank you so much. And I'm sure Desmond would definitely appreciate the more fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, little one, do you have a preference on bread? I saw that you pretty much wiped me clean earlier. I have several different uh, types of flour I can make it from if you have a preference. Oh, uh, yeah. Um... Well, you know, because, like, some bread's got, like, the seeds in it, you know? Yeah, whole grain. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And, you know, sometimes that's um, that's just, like, filler. It's just bad. It's just, like, you're real poor, so you just threw fucking sand in there. Uh, uh -huh. You know, just to make it bigger. But, like, sometimes they got those little, you know, those, like, little flat ones? Little flat seeds and those little, like, black dot seeds that the that the rich people have. I don't know what they're called. Little black you have... dot seeds. You mean raisins? You... Those are raisins? Huh. Yeah, I, okay. I can make some cinnamon raisin bread if you want. It takes a little more time, but... We, cinnamon and raisin? And bread? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it takes a lot of work, but you're guests here, so... Best hospitality I can offer. Tomorrow will be a day full of new experiences. Yeah, never knew those were raisins. I. Uh, that's uh, that's funny. <laughs> kind of shakes his head and says, uh, "You know, if you ever come back here, remind me to make you a bagel. I think you'd really enjoy those." What's um? Don't worry about it. We'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> he walks away. Bianca, or we'll get you bagel? one. Say that again, Mark. Sorry. What is a bagel, Bianca? Is it a type of bread? Because I need yes. to know that kind of thing. Yes, it's um, it's a circular shape, and it's kind of like. A... Have you had a donut? Um. That's like deep fried. Right. Like no. Are those bread. like? Are those like the beignets, but instead Similar. of being fluffy, they're like the dense the. Yeah. Yeah. So a bagel is like the shape of a donut that's a little bit like more squished together and it's like this size. Um, yeah, but bread. And you can get like different things on it as well. Most people put like cream cheese or um, some people put butter and jam. Uh, so it's just a different kind of bread. But they're very good. Huh. I want to try every kind of bread and then I... if we die fighting the dark one that'll make it worth it <laughs> i think that's a fair goal yeah I, I haven't tried every single kind of bread right i mean how many can there be 12 um no <laughs> probably i okay so think about all the cultures in the world and that's where we're gonna cut uh <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna cut right there uh <laughs> Good, and... I was like, oh my god yep going. that's boom fade to black Imagine transition the speed of light <laughs> transition okay. to 20 minutes later ashima desmond sitting in the same place you see a whole bunch of peeled apples um that was not explained to you. Um, the two of them were tired. So the two of you were up on your watch. Was there anything you wanted to do or are you um, good to continue to sleep through? Mm. I mean, preserve Desmond, your watch through. Yeah, sorry. Desmond <laughs> will look at Ashima and say, what the fuck was she doing with these apples? <laughs> Someone has been very wasteful. Yeah, that's what I was going to say the same thing. Like, what the hell? 
you, you guys can't these, eat a shredded apple? Okay. You could make these and cut them into some very delicious uh, apple chips. Wait, being did, did Bianca actually say that? <laughs> or was she asleep? No, no. That was Felicity. Okay. Okay, because if that was Bianca with the challenge, Desmond's just going to shove all of them in his mouth. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, sure, we could say that, we, but then you're wasteful, so... Not this wasting if we you want... actually eat it. All at once? That's a waste! <laughs> anyway, we're done. What do you mean that's a waste? And cut. We're going <laughs> to... You all wake up the next... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, are you guys talking about anything on your watch, or are you just kind of staying awake, making sure everybody's okay? I'm good to just... No, yeah. I don't really have anything particular that I need to do. Okay. Just yeah. chill. So, show, my dude. Alright, so the two of you chill. You totally vibe together. Ashima to a, a thumb war. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, okay, uh, I'd like the two of you to make dexterity checks. Bet. 16. Damn. I have small thumbs. <laughs> yeah, it's, the fact that your hand is half the size and Desmond has a claw on it. <laughs> you're a little intimidated and sad. Uh, luckily, Desmond, you're able to kind of swing your thumb around and you're able to do that thing where you just like grab his thumb at the base and just pin it to your hand. <laughs> and, and you keep him there for about five seconds to show him who's boss. Biologically, this is not fair. All's fair and love and thumb wars. <laughs> oh, yes? Would you care to have a, uh, a foot wrestle? I've never done that, but sure. How do you do it? I'm up for anything. I'm... It, it's, it's not a thing. I was um, merely being sarcastic. Okay. I have larger well feet than you. Desmond looks at his feet, and he feels defeated. And cut. All right. Um, <laughs> the sun rises on another day in the fractured peninsula. Not quite the mood, Joe. Not quite his tempo. <laughs> so, J.K. Simmons throws a chair at Desmond. <sighs> All right, so. With that, Desmond and Ashima, you finish your watch and the rest of you wake up. And you can see that Ro is sort of sitting at the the bar that is right at the back of the room, that sort of U-shaped bar. Um, and you can see that he's already sort of throwing things into those two stone ovens on the very back um, and in the cooking pots. In the center, you can see that he's starting to maybe crack some eggs, make some stew, different things there. Um, not as much as he had before. Now knowing how many people are here for the day, he just begins to uh, throw those things in there. And um, he just begins to sort of walk around and he actually comes towards where you are, Desmond. And this dragonborn is about twice the size as you. I mean, truthfully, you know, he's not nearly twice as tall, but twice as wide, probably. He is a broad man and probably stands about six, seven, 610. I mean, he's a huge dragon. And he kind of approaches you and just sort of looks down and says, 
So I heard your name's Desmond O'Malley, right? Desmond will look up, um, and that comment will kind of throw him off. Um, and he'll sheepishly look him back in the eye and he'll say, What of it? Well, you see, it's not very often I get to have a metallic brother in here with me. And uh -huh. especially one whose name's so well-known such as yourself. I'm, listen, I want to show you something real quick. It's right up at the bar. Okay. There, come on up. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. And he kind of like smacks you on the back very hard. Um, not aggressively, but maybe just like he doesn't understand his own strength. I don't know. So, walk up to the bar and he says, uh, you see that right there? And it kind of points at the bar, but he, there's nothing there. How closely the do you bar. inspect it? Um, if he doesn't see anything, he'll just kind of shrug it off and look back at him and say, what do you the bar? Yeah, I see the bar. You don't see that little speck right there? Something that only Dragonborn can see. He'll kind of uh, squint his eyes and look back at it. Okay. So as you're sort of squinting your eyes, looking back at it, you feel just like rushing air for a moment as before you can do anything else, you can feel his hand on top of your head and just <clears throat> slam your head in to the bar. As you just feel the bones in your nose begin to just kind of like crack a little bit as uh, you're just gonna take uh, um, seven points of bludgeoning damage as you <clears throat> crack as you can just feel blood begin to pour out of your nose as you sort of are recoiling your ears ringing he grabs you by the throat and then slams you down onto the bar and just starts screaming at you why did you do it why did you do that to them and then as the rest of you sort of look around seeing desmond like bleeding from the nose kind of trying to smack at this man you can see that the dragonborn reaches his hand up and then of all of the weapons and armor hanging from the different areas, there is a sword that flies out of a shield, clinging to his hand that begins to wreathe with golden flame, as then holding on Desmond's neck and right above Desmond's throat, holds that blade up against his throat. And Desmond, you can feel the flame beginning to uh, writhe around your neck, almost like creating a collar, almost. And he just keeps yelling, why'd you do it? Why'd you do it? I don't know. Do what? Okay, well, Bianca would try and get this guy off of Desmond. For sure. Yeah, Carousel okay. is causing a calm emotions. Uh. <laughs> ah, that'll be more helpful than Lightning Bolt. But I'll have Lightning <laughs> Bolt ready as a backup. Okay, so with that, he's going to kind of pick Desmond up and throw him down onto the ground. Desmond, you take another... Uh, nine points of bludgeoning damage as your back slams into the ground, sword at your throat. Uh, what is the DC on Calm Emotions? It's a Charisma 14. Charisma 14? Okay, let me check his stats here real quick. Um... And I'll even give him negative inspiration. Oh, okay, okay. 
Alrighty. Uh, charisma saving throw. Okay, alright. So, let's see. DC 14, you said? Yes. Okay. But also minus D8 onto that. Okay, minus a D8. Uh, go ahead and roll the D8 for me. That's three. Three. Yeah, sadly, no. That was... Uh, uh, a dirty 20, um, 17. And you can see him just pointing the sword down and he reaches his hand out to all of you and he says, stay back. Obviously this, this imposter, this traitor has been following all of you around and you have no idea the, the horrors that he's done. And raising his hand yeah. up to you, you can see his hand like glowing with this divine energy and almost yeah, like little... white flame sparking yeah. off of it. Sorry, go ahead. I, before she gets up to him, since Desmond's now at least out of his grasp, she's going to, uh, what is it even called? I don't remember. The, where she can freeze them in place. Oh, hold yeah, person. yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. not hold oh, person. Oh, oh, like like specific to, okay, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the one of the blood things, yeah. Um, and, and I don't know where to find it on my new thing. <gasps> uh, I think it's in, maybe, maybe look for... Blood curse of binding, I found yeah, it. Yeah, okay. So she's going to do that and then go up to him and just be like, what the fuck? And well, like, that's have a saving throw, right? That's a saving yeah, throw, right? Okay, so it what's is. the DC? 15. 15 and a uh, uh, con? Strength saving Strength. throw. Ooh, yeah, that's, I'm very yeah. sorry, but. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a 29. What um, if it was a one, Joe? <laughs> what <laughs> if, right? So he just has his hand up and he's just like, you can see that he has these pleading eyes towards all of you, and then this hatred centered at Desmond. And he just says, no, please stay back. I don't want him to hurt you. Who knows when it would happen? This well, then dragonborn is dangerous. A good idea if we all just calm down a little bit and maybe we can talk about what's happening. He hasn't been dangerous so far. Seems odd to just presume danger suddenly. That's what they all thought, too. If you mean to protect us, then inform us of what he's done, and then we can assist you as well. Do anything. 20 years ago, Sunni the Forsaken arrives in a temple dedicated to raising those newly found dragonborn into the ways of the light, the ways of Bahamut. He arrives with a mercenary captain by the name of Desmond O'Malley. A red dragonborn who found the light of Bahamut led the defense. Not much is known aside from that other than the bodies that were found in the temple. Overgrown with flora and fauna. Sunni betrayed everything that Bahamut ever taught him, that his masters ever taught him for. And in my opinion, for what I know to be true from what I've learned in my life. And he kind of like presses the blazing hot sword up against your chin, Desmond, where you're going to take another uh, four points of fire damage. Okay to serve the great Lord of the Dark. Sunni the Forsaken. True. 
Make a persuasion Bianca check, Desmond. Her, and then <laughs> Bianca will point the gun and be like, all right, you need to back away now. Sorry, that probably won't help the persuasion, though. It's okay. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Intimidation. Intimidation. Persuasion. You're making a persuasion check. Oh, got it. Um, eleven plus 11. like two, maybe, maybe just one. Okay. So he kind of like recoils the sword a little bit from your chin, and he's gonna go ahead and make an insight check. Um. Okay, that's a nineteen. Plus six. So that's a five. Okay. You can see he just kind of looks down at you. And he sort of steps back. Desmond has like, he's pleading with his eyes. You can see. I'm not him. He sets the sword on the table. And as soon as it leaves his hand, it just the flame extinguishes. And he says... You really don't know, do you? He just shakes his head. How do you... What? And you can see, he doesn't have a sword in his hand, and there's no more ill intent towards Desmond. Um, what do you... But you... All I know is that I woke up one day with not a god's damn thing in my head other than the name Desmond. I didn't do it. I'm not him. Whatever it was that he did. Um, you have to believe me. I, I do. I do. Come here, young one. And he kind of grabs your hand and pulls you up. And he's going to put... Um, obviously, you're not that damaged, but he's going to pour 40 points of lay on hands into you. I don't know, he did 20 out of my 37 hit points. <laughs> so yeah, he's going to put 40 points of lay on hands into you. And you just feel this, this light fill your entire body. As the wounds begin to close, the singeing goes away. And you still have some aches and pains, but you're not bleeding anymore. And he just looks at you and he says, I didn't. I didn't know. You, how do you not remember? I, you, you, you are him. There is only one dragonborn that I have ever heard of that would choose to go by the name Desmond O'Malley. That monster's still in Bella Clara. You. You don't remember anything? Just has his head, his hands kind of curled over the top of his head, kneeling down and just, he just keeps shaking it. Ro kind of, like takes you over towards a chair and sits down next to you and sort of places his massive hand on your shoulder and says, I am incredibly sorry what I've done. If I would have known that you had found your way back to, or at least away from that darkness, I would not have ever done that to you. You might not have any memories of our order, 
of what we do. But I take my vows very seriously. Hrothgar Damadren does not take those vows lightly. And Morwen and Carasilla, you have a oh fuck moment as soon as he says his name. Because Hrothgar Damadren was a gold dragonborn serving within the ranks of the Children of the Flame. And in fact, he wasn't just anyone. Before Bear Dorian Almer, it was Bear Hrothgar Damadren. The two of you were ever, you never read any reasons why Hrothgar left. In fact, it was mostly just talked about that he died defending what was just for the children of the flame. But he's obviously not dead. He's right there, talking to Desmond. And in fact, you now start to see things that you hadn't before. That sword of flame emblazoned on the hilt, a three-pointed bout of flame on a shield hanging from the ceiling. White steel trimmed in gold. A three-pointed golden flame. He looks to you, Desmond, and he says, I'm so sorry you don't know. The turmoil you must be going through. Suni was a monster. He learned the ways at that very temple. Learned how to manipulate elements and magic. A master bladesmith and wielder of them. He left after his raising some 90, 100 years ago. And he returned to that very same temple not but 15, 20 years ago. He destroyed it. Throwing away balance. One of the last bastions of the true oaths. Once I took. And the ones you took. It doesn't make any sense. It was only, I don't know seven or eight months ago that I woke up. Oh, my boy. God's only but know I, what's happened to you. But I was still there. Well, I can guarantee you that when I personally took battalions of the Children of the Flame to scour Bellaclara for you, you were nowhere to be seen. That was maybe ten years ago. You weren't in the temple, you were nowhere. God's only where you were. So... How old is he then? You see, Suni was unique. Suni has had... And you see him kind of exhale and then look back up towards all of you and then looks towards you, Desmond. 
Suni was given many chances. Suni has fought in many wars over spans of time and history. You fought next to great kings, emperors all around the world. But this iteration of Suni, if it can be one, then perhaps you died on that day. Then you would only be 15 month years old at that point. But the spirit of Suni has existed for thousands of years. In fact, there are many lives that, and looks towards you, Ashima, many lives that you lived, where you fought beside him as well. <laughs> Guess it is true what they say. Friendships last more than a lifetime. But reincarnation on this scale is not... It, it simply cannot be. Energy and key transferred into uh, the division of on this scale. It's it's unprecedented, and he's just like looking at Desmond in awe. And Desmond, you are starting to feel very lightheaded. You 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 have this instinct where anytime things got too bad, you ran. And right now, the the anxiety in your brain is just firing one after another after another of different things, and you can feel things start to unlock. You start to have memories, these flashes, these experiences. You fighting in a, a desert against these giant sand creatures. You see yourselves surrounded by cherry blossoms fighting with armored knights, but in, in a different style than you've ever seen, you've ever, you've ever heard of. You see yourself fighting on ships, clashing together, spears being thrown, bolts of flame flying over your head, all of these experiences flashing through your mind and you just can't. You try and stand up to run, but you fall. <laughs> Crashing onto the ground. All of you begin to sort of move towards Desmond to grab him and Rogar, you can see he begins to, uh, or Hrothgar, he moves over and he begins to channel this divine energy into Desmond's head and says, so I know that I said that I wanted you all out by morning, but you all can stay as long as you need because I don't know when he's going to be ready to move. Not before the day is out, I can guarantee you that. And he just continues to channel that divine energy and just says, if any of you are skilled in medicines and herbs at all, I have a few things you can go get from the forest that might be able to help a bit. The rest of you, I... Keep a watchful eye on this, guys. The, this surge of knowledge and magic, it can attract the wrong types. And you can just see him type of groan. And he starts to um, tell all of you different things. Um, I'm assuming that, Bianca, you would say that you have knowledge in medicine, same as you, Ashima. Um, and that is correct. Yeah. Probably grab Kiyothi, too. Yeah, Kiyothi, for sure, as well. The three of you, he sends you out to go grab different things from the forest around you. And 
Um, Caracilla, he asked you to stay, feeling that magic that you tried to channel earlier and sort of helping uh, guide you into helping him sort of calm Desmond's emotions along with the divine energy that he's pouring in there. And Morwen and Cecily, um, being the only two that are left, um, the two of you then would be kind of positioned outside while all of this is happening. And the two of you see that while this is happening, Oriana's ship is still in harbor. It hasn't left yet. And you can see that she was just making her way up and sort of cocks her head at all of you kind of running out and Cecily and Morwen, the two of you standing out there looking at the skies. And she just sort of narrows her eyes and turns around and heads back to her ship. So as all of you were trying to help Desmond through this, trying to find the different herbs and medicines, channeling the different magics and keeping an eye out on the skies, that is where we're going to go ahead and take our break. What, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Everything is crazy. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is this? this is a real Session 37 vibe right here. <laughs> that's, how, that's how Joe's sessions work, is... Everything gets crazier every session until eventually session 100 happens and it's just Joe screaming into a microphone for an hour. <laughs> it's uh, like Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah. You will never master my power! Never! Session okay. 324 is just going to be Cecily charging an attack. <laughs> <laughs> the whole four hours. Oh, man. Okay. We, we all, all right. watch and comment. She's never channeled that much lightning before. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think she could do it? She has to. <laughs> oh, to man. buy enough time for the commercial. Speaking oh, of commercials, God. I guess it's time for a break. Flashback yes, exactly. to like Cecily and Ashima doing something you never saw before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So just a reminder for the party members, I'm going to deafen myself, but I'll send you a message when we're going to come back in about 60 seconds. Um, we'll take a five minute break. So we'll be back at, let's see, what would that be? Um, 27. Okay. So insert hour, whatever you have, 27. Okay, me, that's 727. Rest of you, it's whatever. All right, 27, five minutes. I'll message you all in a minute. Thank you all so much for watching. If you are new here and you have not yet joined the Discord and you like the theory craft about what's going on, you can join the Discord there. Or if you just like to watch more sessions, you're new here and you're like, wow, man, these people yell a lot, but I guess I'm entertained. You can go ahead and hit the follow button and uh, you can continue to follow the adventures of the Salamander Coast or the other two campaigns we have here. So thank you so much for watching. Five minute break. We'll be right back. This evening, that uh, I can just leave it out here. And you see him. That, that like, is if I find it. He kind of like side eyes the different animals here, and he's like, "No, no, no, keep it on you. I'll find you. I don't trust any of these suckers okay. around here." Uh, uh, okay. What are you looking at, Carol? Get out of here! You see another raccoon was kind of looking at the two. Zero deaths! It really is a fine mess for Vermeer if you die in Helheim. Zero deaths! You hear that? Zero deaths. Really? Yeah. I'm just reloading a save. Forgot I needed something I needed to do. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay. I am sorry. I will apologize when next we see him. That's nah, too, too late for that, but thanks. 
Well, I don't think it was necessarily a bad thing. You were just protecting your end of the deal. That is all. Wow, these colors are pretty magical. Do you have colors like this, Mr. Giftman? And, like, wave the kaleidoscope near the gift. <laughs> He's compelled to answer all questions. He is. He is compelled to answer all questions. <laughs> um, so he would. You go. Um. Come on, and he'll kind of do that like <laughs> awkward, like hug thing that guys do, where it's like it's hard, and then you're like slap <laughs> nothing. I'm. I'm. I'm still yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nafi will do that, uh, clear throat thing, and then... <clears throat> yep. If you see any yellow flowers or fire, would grab that on the way. No red flowers. Uh, okay. Sure. Who's gonna be quiet as we're traveling? But, um... He's gonna be, um... Some of the metal that he took when he left Waterswick, he's going to be uh, crafting something. Uh, Frondo, I've been back here the whole time, didn't see shit. Shrugs. Uh, I'm sure it's it's fine. Uh, it's probably. Grok pulls um... out his revolver and shoots in the sky. <laughs> well, you know what? I think you might have scared him off anyway. So good call on that. Fucking, I'll show him. Cheeky fucking into each other. As I said, I have a feeling we'll be there presently. Perhaps let's go right for now. Uh, and by that, I Our mean right. left. <laughs> Wait. Is left to the sarcophagi? East. My, okay, yeah. Okay. Shima's right, but our left. Yeah. Wait, all right. Uh, we're gonna, y'all. My fade. head. Okay. Wait, just say, just say east. east. All right, we're gonna go stage right. West. <laughs> we're going west. Ah, right. uh, damn it. Okay. Right? Is that wait? Oh shit! Do I have it wrong? That's yeah. East is if you're looking at it like on the. Oh. Shite. Maybe don't say, you know, listen, dickhead, this is what I need. <laughs> yeah, Might I mean, not be the best out. idea. Yeah. See what I mean? Persuasive? Um, I wouldn't say persuasive, just, you know, if he's like, do this, I'll say, right, so. <laughs> yeah. It's very beautiful. I'm glad you you can tweak. Feels good, doesn't it? You see him kinda <laughs> getting his armor sorted out as he gets out and he just Alright, let's see what all this trouble is. And you see him just passively glance and see Ellie on the roof and just Oh fuck. Oh, it's real. Oh, 
Oh, fuck, indeed. <laughs> and he's kind of absorbed in that. So that has also bought you some time. The lie. Oh, that's just going to make it so heartbreaking when she finds out she betrayed them on accident. Well, not on so, she. Oh, gosh. So you're telling me this grand whatever the fuck wants to meet Emeril and Sailor cannot remember as long as we're talking about it uh boats are kinda scary so that's my expert input I want to be on land. I mean to be so forward, but you know, I've often been told I'm the horny one. See what I did there? Uh, That's pretty funny, huh? Uh, mm-hmm. I've, been <laughs> I've been saving that uh-huh. one. Special for I you. Very proud of you. Um, so you saw that. Oh, I did. Okay. I have larger well, feet than you. Desmond looks at his feet and he feels defeated. And cut. Alright. Um, <laughs> the sun rises on another day in the fractured peninsula. Not quite the mood, Joe. Not quite his tempo. <laughs> No, no, no. Grot can't be a hot bothered and sticky because that has a that has a different meaning. And I, I, I can't let that happen on stream. Um, so, um, I will say that as you are, that's a four. Uh, so that's cool. Pretty four. Um. So she's going to go ahead and get her Baramichi Saber, but because she went first in initiative, um, this is going to be a, a crit if it hits. Oh my god! <laughs> what in the fuck is happening? Yes, I am. So last we left off, our intrepid group of adventurers. Boo. Uh, <laughs> um, you won't do it, so I had to. That's um, Okay. So we well, just pretend to offer them help. It, well, we'll we'll say, do you want passage? They, you know, they 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 don't realize we know who they are. They're like friendly. Should we follow the sounds, or should we figure out who the fuck's on the other end of the island first? I would prefer not to be ready. Desmond, I can make no, you I a can, lock can... that you can try and pick pick lock or something, just to get your- Just to get, just to get that out of your system. Fidget locket or something. Desmond's gonna kind of like look Poe straight in the eye and say, "Well, first of all, yes, please. But second of all, that's not the point." Um, oh, yeah. 
We're back on, gang. All right, hey. we are. Oh, back. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. And we. Sorry back. about that. My my wife went back to school shopping, and she showed me everything. And now that we're both teachers, I'm I'm very interested in school supplies now, and I hate that about myself. But <laughs> it's just I was like, oh yeah, oh you got those colored pencils for two for two for two packs for a dollar. Wow, that's a really good deal. I love that. Oh, look at that cute little sign you got. That's great. No, oh, maybe I'll get that for my classroom. It's <laughs> like a, about a month ago, I got new tires on my car, and I'm like, man, you really feel it when you make left-hand turns. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's God. No. It is, and I, I, I hate it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and let's just dive back in, right? Are we good? I think I'm good. If you're good. One, I'm ready. Dove I got my Pop-Tarch. I'm ready. Okay. Bring it on. All righty. So, let's go ahead and dive back in. Picking up where we left off, after a plethora of discovering and revealing conversations, there are a few bullet points we have to go through before we dive back in. For one, Bianca likes to peel apples. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is the most important thing and the significance that it has. It allows Cecily to be able to talk without people interrupting her or asking her questions about everything she says, right? Just to be able to word vomit and sort of clarify her thoughts. That's great. Best big sister you could ask for. Oh. Um, you also discover that Desmond can beat Ashima in a thumb wrestle. Definitely doesn't have anything to do with size. Um, but, if, but if it did have something to do with the size, uh, Ashima's feet are bigger. Yes, correct. Size doesn't matter, Connor, <laughs> come on. Well, sometimes it does if it's the feet or the thumbs. Right. Oh, if it was one a, off it, of pure skill. If it was a toe wrestle. Desmond doesn't have yeah. toes. Do you, Joe, yeah. please go on. Yeah, I was so like, you, and you cut. surrender. Okay. Uh, cut, <laughs> cut, <laughs> stop, okay. Get him so, off the stage. <laughs> now, there were two big things that happened in the first half of tonight's session. First things first, the session kicked off with a commune with the Dark One himself. He confronted all of you at the same time, all of you responding in the same ways, all of you one conjoined soul, standing up to this vile, monstrous evil that, that is attempting to and wants to consume everything, everything that you've ever loved and ever known, wants it to be nothing more than soot and ash. All of you stand up to him. You refuse his pleas and bargains. You claim that he's afraid. And he responds that he's not. He responds that he knows your plans. You've done them a thousand times before, and he will defeat them a thousand more times if he has to. He knows that all of you are heading to Bromsgrove, and you should be there within the fortnight. That you'll be attempting to gather the forces of the Children of the Flame and rally them to your side. That they won't be able to help but Solvis Emeril, the same person who taught Cecily how to channel her magics more effectively, will be willing to help. But he, just as the rest of you, will fail. He extends his offer one more time, but all of you decline, saying you would rather die than serve him. And should he have it his way, that will be exactly what happens. So, 
That was the first thing. The second thing was a revelation about Desmond Omal Omal the Alley Cat. Wow. I'm glad that's canon. Yep. <laughs> um, a revelation about Desmond O'Malley, or as he was called by the Dark One, Sunni the Stalwart, but as he was called by Hrothgar Damodren, Sunni the Forsaken, a dragonborn who has existed for a thousand years, who has been given so many chances by Bahamut to exist and to try again, fighting for his honor and his might. But the last time, Sunni fought, not for Bahamut, but against him. Sunni fought against a red dragonborn, someone who tried to stop him from destroying this temple to Bahamut, where dragonborn were raised upon their creation to be lawful knights of that order. The same place where Sunni studied many, many, many years ago. Well, apparently Sunni won as that area, that temple was destroyed and Sunni was no more and Desmond awoke. Now, Desmond, after learning all this, as I said, seeing all of those existences as that information just unlocks and clicks, you fall unconscious as all of that information is just too much to comprehend. Understandably so. You faint and those around you begin to try and care for you. And with that, that's where we're going to pick up. With you, Desmond. You feel yourself weightless. A vessel adrift in a large cosmic ocean. Just floating through space and time. Thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of small stars floating past you. Colors of red and green and blue floating all around you as you float aimlessly through existence. The tranquility is nice. The peace is nice. You feel at peace. You hear a voice in your left ear. A voice not unlike your own. Maybe a bit older, a bit more gruff. One with much more confidence and poise. Begin to speak to you. So, you finally found it, haven't you? Finally discovered what you really are. <laughs> so, how do you feel now, knowing the truth? Not who I am. <laughs> you see, that's where you're wrong. 
It is you. Maybe not you right now. But listen, if I can be honest, a soul indebted, a soul given to those in power isn't always a bad thing. Desmond, that's what you like to call yourself, right? Yeah. I remember Desmond. He was a sick man. So, have fun living with that. He and I made a deal. You see, Desmond, I know what you want because it's what I want. All we ever wanted was freedom. All we wanted was to do what we wanted, go where we wanted, see what we wanted. And, and you know what? Bahamut never let us do that. A hundred times reincarnated. A hundred times our soul was put back into another bronze dragonborn body. Sent off to fight in wars. Sent off to fight for the light. Sent off to fight for to protect this small. Sent off to do so many things. Never. Did we have any say in it? We had to do what he wanted. We got nothing. Until one day. And you cannot see this dragonborn, but you can feel him begin to smile through his maw. One day. We heard it. Voice promising what we always wanted. Do one thing for me, one thing, and you'll have your freedom. You know what? I did it. I did what I needed to do. For you, I knew I didn't have any say. I didn't have any freedom. I was indebted to whatever dark master called out to me. But you, you have a chance. You have freedom. Don't waste what I earned us. Desmond, you can sort of feel, although the voice stops speaking, it continues to linger. Just there. And then in your right ear, you hear another voice. A much softer voice. A woman's voice. With a tone almost like a lullaby begin to speak. Do not listen to him, my sweet knight. You know who you are. 
walk back to the light, and you shall find me, and I will be there for you. You can hear Sunni begin to speak. No. No, you see, that's the trick. Same thing happened to me. I had my offer. I had my freedom. I had my choice. And she told me, no, don't do it. Don't break your oath to me. And I did. Because you know what an oath is, Desmond. An oath is just another promise, another thing forcing you in a direction, another thing taking away your freedom. I'm not gonna tell you what to do because I worked hard so you could have that choice. But if you do, then you lose everything that I fought for. And Desmond, you can feel yourself begin to pick up speed in this endless void. And you can feel a fork in this path, this endless drifting. One leading to light and order and the other one leading to freedom. The same feeling you've been having, that same feeling of being adrift with no direction, but it is freedom. It's your choice to do what you want. But that drifting feeling something you felt for a long time. So you can feel that junction coming. And Desmond O'Malley has a choice to make. What does Desmond O'Malley do? I, I think maybe at first he he kind of closes his eyes and he leans towards physically and uh yeah uh towards the freedom and there's this nagging part of him that that's Thuni saying that that's what he needs to do mm -hmm. and that's what he's always wanted but then um he's gonna his eyes will shoot open and he'll start frantically trying to jerking his body anyway, trying to move himself order over to the light instead. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So you do, you have a moment where you begin to slide over to that freedom. And you can hear Suni's voice at first in that freedom saying, yes, there you go. Don't mess it up. Do what we all need you to do for freedom. Because Desmond 
You know that freedom is what you want, what you need. Be free, Desmond. Be free, Sunni. And that causes you to jump to start. Your eyes shoot open and you just begin to paddle to swim, forcing every ounce of your weight, your spirit, your being off into the opposite direction towards the light and towards order. You fall into the light. You fall into order, to purpose. You feel as though you are falling for a millennia, for an epoch, just endlessly falling through light and flame, through tree, through earth, constantly falling, till eventually you feel yourself stop and softly land in a bed of grass. Surrounding you seems to be different tombstones, trees over a cemetery, and a small chapel covered in ivy and flowers. And you can hear a woman's voice humming. And this is generally what you see, so let me go ahead and... Ooh, I so, like this art. Yeah, you can see the different leaves sort of falling, the tombstones all around you, and that temple off to the side. And the woman's voice humming from within. I'm going to slowly start making my way to the temple, but when he, when I pass the, the gravestones, I want to just take a little peek at them. See mm -hmm. if there's like names written on them or. Um, yeah, so. There are a lot of different. Um, tombstones and most of the names are pretty. Easy. Uh, most of the etchings are pretty easy to read. Um. All of them say Sunni. Just there are different uh, monikers or epithets or nicknames underneath. Sunni the lone wolf. Sunni the champion. Sunni the serpent. Sunni the scarred one. Sunni the paragon. Sunni the hog. Sunni the conqueror. Sunni the wild. Sunni the iron fist. Sunni the champion. Sunni the forsaken. And that one you linger on for a little bit longer. But eventually, as you start to open your ears and listen, there is some calm, some calm to be had. As you can start to hear the sounds of the forest around you eventually. Birds chirping, streams rushing. And you start to feel 
at least a little more comfortable. Not exactly, but just a little bit more. Uh, he'll take a deep breath in and turn to look at the temple, uh, look back at the the last grave that he was at for just a second, um, but then slowly make his way to the temple. Okay. So as you make your way into the temple, you see a woman standing by herself, holding a mortar and pestle, different alchemical ingredients and herbs. She just picks some up, sets them in the mortar and pestle, and you can see that they just lift up, where she just kind of like pulls at them, and nature just obeys and moves with her. You can see a cloak of gold with a sash of green settling all the way down to the ground. You can see hair like leaves and trees, vines in braids, skin like soil. You can see that there are some patches that are darker, some patches that are lighter. And you can see a crown of flowers from ear to ear. Flowers that are green and gold. Uh, Dahlia flowers. Uh, if you happen to know what those are, I'll go ahead and uh, share one. Bop, bop. Just so you can get an idea what I'm talking about here. Something like that. Except Ooh, it is really pretty. Instead of pink, it is that same golden color. And she turns to face you. And you can see these eyes like they are this <laughs> they're the color of a waterfall as it's slowly churning at the bottom, surrounded by moss and ivy collecting near the base of that waterfall. And she smiles at you, a soft, motherly smile, and says, it's good to have you home. It's good to have you back. Where am I? Well, <laughs> you are in my home. I think that's the easiest way to put it. What just happened to me? And you can see her, her eyes kind of droop as she, the sadness fills her. What happened to you happens to many on their journeys. If I'm being honest, it's even something that happened to me when I was in your position. You lost your way. 
you grew confused. You listened to the voices that were willing to promise you what you wanted to hear, but not what you needed to hear. And right now, you're experiencing... <laughs> well, and you can see that she sort of stretches out her finger to one of the vines, and you can see a small caterpillar on that vine. And it crawls onto her finger. She sort of sets it in her hand and closes her hand around the caterpillar. And as soon as she opens her hand, a butterfly flies away. A metamorphosis. You have filled yourself to the brim. And now, it's time for Sunni or Desmond to make a change. And the question is, Desmond, what do you want? I I want to protect my friends. That's very valiant of you. Very brave. Putting others before yourself. What else? Uh... I don't know. I felt so lost for so long. We all feel lost in our lives. Many people live their entire lives feeling like pieces of driftwood floating downstream. hoping that they can wash up on a beach, on a shore, that they can stop floating and feel like they found solid ground. But sadly, many people never do. Many people float aimlessly their entire lives. And when they finally pass on, that feeling is there still. Anguish, sadness, frustration. But you, Desmond, that's not for you. Should you have followed Sunni's voice, maybe that would have been you. Anguish and pain frustration. But no, my child, you've washed upon the shore. You find your feet on solid ground. You find yourselves back in my arms. And she just slowly approaches and hugs you 
With her hand placed on the back of your head, you can feel this calming energy enter your mind. And you realize that all of those Sunnis before, Sunni the Wild, Sunni the Hog, Sunni the Champion, and even Sunni the Forsaken, all of them served her. All of them took an oath to preserve light and joy and good-tilled earth in the world. All of them took an oath to Elowen, the mother of mountains. Desmond will just kind of half collapse into her embrace, just kind of overwhelmed with the the kindness and the love and also everything else. Yes. <laughs> she just laughs and she kind of looks down at you and says, you know, back when I was very, very, very young, there was a young woman. She lost her way too. A high elven woman named Delha. We adventured for quite some time, and she was lost and confused. But eventually, as soon as she... Well, she found solid ground, same as you. She found happiness. She found light. And, Desmond, the best thing I can say to you is you already have it. <laughs> you were just a little too lost to see it. And you can see she kind of waves her hands um, up near the wall, and the different vines begin to form as flowers begin to bloom all along them, forming different pictures. That of Cecily, Ashima, Bianca, and Poe. Friends you've known for a long time. And those who are still new. But in time, you'll care just as much for them as you have for the others. And on the other side of the wall, moving her hand, flowers blooming, forming Caracilla, more winds, and Keothi's face. You are very gifted, Desmond. You are the only dragonborn that's ever been given this many chances. But now I'm afraid you only have one more to right the wrongs that Sunni committed. But you cannot do it alone. There are many in this world who stand back against the dark. You know of them. You've seen their names. There will come a time when you will stand with them against the coming dark. But before that moment, rediscover who you are 
but do it this time with purpose, with light in your life. And never forget that when you need a shoulder to cry on or a motherly hug, I will always be there for you. And as she embraces you one more time and squeezes very hard, you can feel this sort of life return to you in that room as in that moment, you feel sort of life and energy return to you, calmness and emotion back in your head. You feel now clarity. And for those of you who have been here, Desmond has been unconscious for about 24 hours. So it's the next morning uh, at this point, just kind of pacing back and forth, waiting for him to come back. But Desmond inhales and exhales. And you can see Hrothgar has just, at that moment he releases and looks down towards you as all of the rest of you, I'm assuming, are kind of rushing towards Desmond, hearing the sort of gasp of air. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yes. Okay. Not losing another boy lost in time. <laughs> <laughs> Too many boys lost in time. Too we need many. A, we, need a, we need a boy found in time. He knows exactly <laughs> where he is. <laughs> we, need, we need a girl lost in time. Don't there make it go. me, though. Equality. <laughs> lost people. <laughs> so, so with that Desmond you awake everybody rushes over towards them towards you what do you, what do you do Desmond um well he'll I guess shoot up from sitting down and he'll just kind of take a second looking at the ground and then he'll look up and make his I guess eye contact with everybody. And he'll just sit not knowing what to say for a moment. Um, and then uh, he'll say, I, I, I found, I found solid ground. What? <laughs> Thank you, Ryan, for saying that. Yeah. I I'm going to be honest, Desmond. You're going to need to say at least a few sentences. Mm. I I'm happy for you. Am I supposed to be? Happy I know. I understand exactly what you mean. Oh, good. Glad, glad you do. Okay. I can only just return to the land of the living again, so it's probably a good idea to maybe at least give him some rest. Kiyothi, where's, where's Kiyothi? When he's gonna try to get to his feet, oh, and I no, assume no. kind of... It's alright. She'll kind of kneel down next to you. She was trying to give you her space, because everybody else was crowded, and she's really big, so she was just trying to stand back yeah. a little bit. But she'll move in a little bit. Be like, what's wrong, Desmond? I'm right here. I... I met her. I met Elowen. 
yeah, she just immediately, as you says, say that, because all of you now looking towards Desmond, originally he had these little beady black eyes, but you can see now that they are the same hue as Kyothi's tattoos. And as she makes eye contact with you, this big, doofy grin just encompasses her entire face. And she says, oh, Desmond. And she'll just hug you way too hard. Just, oh, and kind of pick you up. And you can see Desmond's legs are just kind of swinging against Kyothi's chest. And she just says, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. And she kind of like sets you back down. No, it's, it's all right. <laughs> I, she she was incredible and she was kind and beautiful and loving and I I don't know what I did to to turn away from her last time but but I I found my way back I'm glad you did. Me too. Then <laughs> Kyothi will just kind of squeeze you and hug you again. And Prothgar kneels down in front of you. And once again, he just sort of, a lot of shame in his voice, says, I'm very sorry for what I did before. Oh. You were right to do what you did to who you thought I was. Who I am. But I'm I promise I'm gonna right that wrong. I believe you. But Sadly, I don't think you're going to do it like that. And kind of gestures down to you. And you can see now, you hadn't noticed it before, but like when he was throwing you around, your clothes got demolished. The blazing of the sword actually burned away part of your armor. And now you're kind of unarmored and a lot of your supplies are kind of destroyed. You can see your slingshot is cracked in half from the bludgeoning force as it hit the ground. And he says... Wall, we never found Sunni there. We did find this. Uh, and you can see Hrothgar kind of makes his way back out the back door, back to that storage hut, and comes back in with a chest. And he unhooks it and opens it up in front of you, Desmond and you can see a set of studded leather armor with a gambeson, um, all in different hues of green and white. The armor worked and embroidered with vines sort of wrapping around the arms and all over the chest. A cloak of shifting colors that seems to 
fade away and grow, almost like a chameleon blending in with its surroundings, almost kind of hard to look at. And at the very bottom of it are two swords. Two swords of a deep blue steel. Each sword with a moderately sized hook at the end. Your swords. While their names escape you now, you have a good idea that one day the names of the swords might come back to you. You can see them, and in a flash of inspiration, you... You remember your connection to them. You have a pretty good idea of how to use them. And after all, like I said, you're going to need some new armor. <laughs> uh, Rogar kind of looks to you and says, I, I kept it all these years, hoping that maybe uh, if you ever did come back, you wouldn't be able to find it. But, uh, you know, I guess wasn't my purpose to keep it, to prevent it from you, but it was my purpose to keep it so I could give it to you. <laughs> you know, there was a, a man I used to work with, and I used to fight alongside, who would always say, the wheel weaves as the weave wills. And I guess this is what the Weave wanted. Wanted you to have these. So here. And it kind of pushes the chest towards you. Says, take them. Looks like you'll need them. Thank you, friend. No, not just friend. And it kind of clasps you on the shoulder. He says, Brother. He'll return the the shoulder clasp and will yeah. repeat, Brother. And um, Hrothgar will go ahead and stand again and sort of look out to the group of you, the party, and once again say, I'm sorry for my behavior yesterday. I'll be taking time today to reflect on my actions. Please feel free to stay for as long as you like. If I can at least request one more night so I can make it up with... And he kind of looks to you, Cecily, with uh, that raisin bread. I would... Um, I would greatly appreciate that. Yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't gonna bring it up, but now that you have, that'd be really good. <laughs> and he kinda does chuckle and laugh and bows his head yeah. and will make his way out. Mention yeah. of food, um Death oh, yeah. will clutch at his stomach and be oh, like You're starving. Oh. Yeah. That hey. would be really good. So, but first off, Desmond, uh, has anyone told you that 
Your eyes changed a little bit. What? No. Yeah. See, look. Oh, well, I guess you can't, but like everybody else, look. <laughs> you have gone through a metamorphosis. It's natural for such things to lead to a change in color. Yeah. Like the Witch of the Woods said. Only you found your purpose before I did, you son of a bitch. <sighs> oh well. Are a you... metamorphosis can be a painful thing, Cecily, and I'm sure that Desmond can testify. Furthermore, you'll not want to eat very much too fast. What's that? Yeah, Desmond, you can see that there's still stew and eggs and meat that's kind of blazing on the fire, but that you can go ahead and grab. He will, and he will devour quickly. <laughs> so you're feeling better physically and emotionally? Is that what we're gathering here? Yes. I. It's a weird feeling to explain, but... I don't know, it's... I feel calm. Like I said, I, I, I found... I, I found my way to the solid ground. I'm sorry for all of the pain that I've caused... <laughs> with... everything. I'm going to make everything right, though. Hey, we've all done some stuff, and I'm just happy that you are finally feeling like you found your way. Me too. And then he'll keep going at his stew for a second. <laughs> you know, Desmond, um, and you, you really ought... Uh, well, all right. Um, <laughs> don't say I did not warn you. Uh, the reincarnations that Elowen is able to produce are markedly different than Loshari ones. In the Tongwu path, upon reincarnation, the key and the energy, good and bad, negative and positive, follows you into the next life. But the way Elowen, through druidic magics, reincarnates, you have a new body, new skills. There's nothing, perhaps, but a single cell in your body that ties you to the others. So whatever choices you make from now on, I'm sure you know, are yours. Kind of scary. It is. But I do recall 
some time ago, a young dragonborn complaining about not having enough agency in his life. Perhaps a hundred years ago. Well, great. You guys can talk about being 3,000 together now. Jim, I'm glad that I found you again. Likewise, and while I don't have memories of you, as you might, it's good to have remade a friend. And to make a have made a lot more. Mm. I don't think I can be Desmond anymore. Oh. If if the real Desmond is still out there. And having done all of these horrible things, I, I think I need to leave that behind. A butterfly is not referred to as a caterpillar. What would and you I, wish to be called? I don't know. I think I... I think I need to reclaim Sunni. Are you sure? Because it seems like that name is going to get you throat punched. Well. I, I think I have to. I have to atone for my own sins. Well, did Sunni go by a last name, or is that something that you can make your own? If you take Sunni and reclaim it and then add your own whatever at the end, maybe? Well, I, I've not heard anything about a last name, but... Well, Sunni, the... And you can see Kyoti kind of like grimaces. The... Forsaken, um... Maybe it's just an epithet. Sunni the, um, quick? Uh, no, that's not very dramatic. Um, Sunni you know. the green-eyed? No, that's <laughs> too descriptive. I don't think I don't think you're allowed to make your own epithet. Oh, that makes. But sense. you are allowed to make your own last name, right? I've never done it. I don't know. I just assumed you would. Oh, what if... Oh, no, that would be odd. Um, well, uh, do you... Um, Suni, you could always, um... You know, I'm, uh... And you can see her just kind of, like, stuttering and sputtering, and eventually she says... I think I've come to peace with the fact that 
I may be the only Kalukatho Goliath anymore. Um. I don't like being the only Kalukatho Goliath, and if I'm the only one, then I guess I can kind of make the rules. Do you want to be Sunni Kalukatho? His eyes widen quite a bit, and he'll nod slightly, and then he'll jump up and run over to Kiyothi and give her another hug. <laughs> and she'll catch you uh, and, and hug back and kind of clap your back a little bit. Look at that. <laughs> Hopefully you'll be less annoying than my other brothers and cousins. They were pretty terrible. <laughs> well, Sunni Kalukatho, Welcome to the Goliath family. <laughs> hmm. It's nice to have a family. Kiyothi will just kind of give you another one of those big toothy smiles again. And nod. Hmm. And she'll get a bowl of stew with you and just kind of eat that. Uh, eat that with you. There's a lot of family in this group. Like direct. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you don't have to take the last name, but I mean, I consider all of you very close friends and what's the difference between very close friends and family? Other than, uh, I don't know. Well, blood for one, but no offense, I don't um, want any of your blood. Um, but are you are you sure? I think there's some of mine on the floor still. <laughs> there is <laughs> just a small puddle. Oh no, 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 thank you. Um, but. If you want family, you don't have to take the last name, but Kalukatho's only a family of two right now. I think we can spare some root for more. I don't know, we're a pretty elite club. That's right. You'll have to pass a test that is derived by Desmond Sunni, sorry. Old habits okay. die hard. <laughs> uh, derived by Sunni. And myself. So if you think you stand up to the test, then we might let you in. <laughs> I'd try it. Uh, Pretty intense. <laughs> and Kyothi leans over and whispers, not quiet enough. Suni, what's the test? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he'll just give a hearty laugh and um, give Kyothi a pat on the shoulder and say, oh... We'll come up with it later. Okay. Later is good. 
I can't think too much at this time. My head is still <laughs> reeling. She I... smiles and laughs. And I will say, um, for what it's worth, uh, go ahead and cut back just a hot second. Um, Morwen and Cecily, the two of you were the ones sort of standing watch outside. Um, I'd like both of you to go ahead and make perception checks just over that course of time. Uh, garbage travel. You say, uh, garbage? Yeah, garbage. Oh, okay. <laughs> Does garbage have a numeric... Whoa! A numeric hey. value attached, or is it just... Um, yeah, it's five. Oh my god, that... That that happy sound was so delayed. I was so um, loud yeah. too. <laughs> they didn't believe it at first. <laughs> that would be a thirty-one in total. Yep. Okay. So, Cecily, as you're watching, you can see that every once in a while, um, Oriana does sort of poke her head out of the ship or walk onto the dock, maybe just sort of looking out and about on the sea and looking back, seeing the two of you still up there. Um, but she never approaches to discuss anything because she can see with all the people sort of running out, you can infer from that distance that it just seems like she's just trying to not be in the way at all. I mean, you know, somebody is um, kind and considerate and, and seemingly so... Um, you know, just friendly looking at. I mean, she wouldn't ever dare to be in the way. You know, she she really has a good understanding of people and when it's a good time to be near them and talk to them and when she should probably step away. You have those thoughts and, you know, you start to think, man, I just feel so small. I just, uh, I don't know. Just that thought going through your head until eventually she ducks her head back underneath the ship. And with that, that is really all else you see. There, Every once in a while, there's some sequels that fly down onto the dock. But that's really all you see over the course of those 24 hours. Does, um... Does Cecily realize there's something odd about Oriana's, like, presence and aura? Or is she not able to notice that effect? No, not like, really. It just kind of fades away naturally. Mm -hmm. So you don't notice that. Like, it doesn't feel like anything different than you just seeing somebody who has a really good grasp of who they are. Uh-huh. Um... Right. And I also don't know that the other two thought that, so I guess it's not. Yeah, exactly. I mean, weird. I mean, you typically aren't like that down on yourself. That was a little odd to you, but probably just because she has so much confidence in herself. Mm -hmm. You don't know. But yeah, so that's kind of the vibe you're getting. So, with that, uh, we'll go ahead and cut back to where we were. So, with that, you do have the rest of the day there to sort of go back and forth or, or talk about anything you wanted to uh, talk about in those moments. But Desmond seems to be on the mend, and probably by tomorrow morning, you guys will be able to get back on that ship and continue to head north towards the temple. 
But it's up to you if you want to talk about anything in the meantime or or what? Um Leslie's probably going to try to take a meditation break at some point just to think through all this shit. Um and then I might I think I'm going to catch uh Morwen. Despite having stood next to her for 24 hours, <laughs> um, Cecily is going to wait until now <laughs> to, um, she had to think about what she wanted to say, you know? Yeah, you're being in proximity, it forced you to think about it, I get that, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah you know, yeah. she was worried about Desmond the whole time. Exactly, no, it, it checks Alan. out, it checks out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, she'd probably be doing something inconsequential, so it'd be easy enough to find her. Yeah. Just, like, doing pull-ups on a cloud or whatever. <laughs> um, something like that. Yeah, you know. Whatever. Hey, I have a question! You, like, jump down. Um, but yeah, Cecily will, um... At some point... find you and, and just... Hey, um, I have a thought that I guess I'm gonna say. <laughs> you can see her just like, she's confused at her own, like she hardly even understands how to approach yeah. anything like that. Morin's looking at you and she goes, are you... Are you asking me that, or are you telling me that? Um... I don't know. You don't really sound convinced. Yeah, I don't. Um, okay, look, I'm... Um... It's just... Look, uh, a lot happened before you and your sister found us as I'm sure you can tell mm -hmm. and um well there was one point where we were in this old ruin and the odds were the worst they've ever been and I kind of decided that I wasn't going to make it. And then I did. And I thought, well, shit. Guess as long as I'm here, I have to stop being awful. And so I'm uh, trying out this new thing where I'm not awful. And, um... I, I think I just wanted to say that we all know what a nightmare is like, especially me. So, uh, you know, like, don't feel weird, I guess. Uh, we're all kind of fucked up. 
and she'll just kind of glance at you occasionally, just like you to the floor, you to the floor, just kind of nervously anticipating whatever Morwen's reaction is to that. Is that all you had to say? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. I will keep that in mind. Okay. I'm gonna uh, go back to my corner then. Have fun. Yeah, it's, it's always a blast. Mm. Um, and she'll kind of just slink back away. Okay. Alright, sounds good. So, time continues to pass throughout the day. Um, it's rather um, uneventful up until maybe about noon, one o'clock. And you can see walking back into the tavern um, is Oriana. She walks in. You can see that she has um, this very almost concerned look on her face, which is kind of looking around at each one of you and makes her way over to Rogar. And you can see the two of them have a short conversation together. Um, she kind of laughs and like pats his hand and he returns a, a hearty laugh and um, kind of there's some nods shared. And with that, Oriana heads out. She gives all of you a, a small wave as she passes and then exits the building. Bianca will lean to Car Caracilla. Uh, what do you think her deal is? Honestly, I'm not entirely sure. But I don't think I'm too worried with whatever it is. I think she's just the right amount of secretive as anyone should be. Yeah, I'm not... I'm also not, like, concerned. I'm just, like... Very curious. She seems happy enough to stay to her own, I guess. I guess so, but somehow it feels like she's trying... Even though she's not, but like trying to get our attention. But maybe... I don't know. Do you also get that feeling a little bit? It could just be me. I mean, it's possible. It always see, I guess for myself, um, Carousel is just gonna kind of get up a little bit, uh, and just, she's gonna cast message, um, as soon as she's able to, to Oriana. <laughs> round two! Yeah, round two! <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you're exiled from Tears Tear at all, you know? You can come in here, if you want to talk. She responds, and she says in this um, very smooth, calm tone, 
Well, from what I could tell, it seemed like you all were going through a bit of a situation up there, and I want to give you your time to breathe and relax before uh, obligatory uh, social interactions. Sometimes after after more tense situations, it can be nice to have just company. Is that an invitation? If you want to take it. Give me 15 minutes. Spicy. <laughs> I didn't... Bianca didn't even hear that. That was all Felicity, but... <laughs> <laughs> No, Bianca felt the spice. She felt the spice. <laughs> Had to comment. Saw like an eyebrow raise and was like, mm. Mm. What's going on there? <laughs> okay, so we kind of like just turn to the rest of people. Oh, well, I'm not sure if it was going against what anyone else is wanting, but um, Mariana and I guess her group will be coming back, I suppose. Let me know now if there's anything... Anyone has against that? No, I have no problem with that at all. I just... Hopefully we'll kind of figure out more about them. Oh, it's a plan, I guess. Okay. Alright, so with that, maybe 15, 20 minutes pass. Um, no, you know what? Sorry, I misspoke. 15 minutes pass. On the dime. Doing a makeup. And entering it is Oriana, and as far as all of you can tell, the entirety of her crew. You can see that Oriana has changed her dress. Um, she was originally wearing, when she came in the first time, a that same sort of uh, velvety silk of deep green, now in this uh, deep, deep, almost maroon purple red. Um, that same sort of velvet trimmed in lace uh, with a sort of uh, a white cloak trimmed with what looks to be some type of red furred animal around sort of the collar of the cloak as she enters. And the rest of their crew sort of sits down and you can see that they are, uh, oh, very hungry. They just all start digging into the food and into the drinks, sort of sitting down at the different tables. Um, and you can tell that they were probably pretty hungry um, upon getting in there. And Oriana makes her way over to you, Carisilla, and sort of sits down next to you and says, you can't imagine their delight when I said that we were going back inside. They're a bit tired of bread and whatever watered-down rum they have on board. And see why you needed to starve them. I mean, situation or not, you could have always asked. Could have had a little, I guess, delivery system down. Well, that's actually what I came in to talk to Rogar about. I didn't want to disturb you at all, and from what he said, you'd been having a bit of a rough 24 hours, so, well, one thing led to another, and he was going to bring food out. But then an invitation was presented to me, and... I never turned down an invitation to a good time. Well, I suppose I just 
knew that um, be a good idea to break the division. I couldn't agree more. And with that, she'll kind of stand, um, head over to the bar with Rogar, and Rogar pours her a tankard of, you can tell that it's very this very hot, steamy, um, red mold wine. She makes her way back to the table she was sitting at you with uh, and begins to sip on it. And she'll say, so I hope that everything's all right. I saw the commotion and everyone running in and out and well, <laughs> your sister, by the way, you two are an exact likeness of one another. <laughs> it's, it all twins. Uh, it does tend to happen that way. Oh, that it does. But I saw your um, twin and the um, younger one with the blonde hair standing outside, almost like guards. I thought something was going wrong, so I figured I would stay away for the time being. And, well, I just hope that everything's all right. Presume it is, since everyone here is accounted for laughing, drinking. I think it is. Although, I guess the distance was appreciated. I feel like it would have been asked for if you didn't self-impose it. Exactly. I tend to have a sixth sense about these types of things. Most people want space. And I will never shy away from giving it to them. There's a few good people that do. But exactly. um, I'm curious why you've stuck around this whole time. Do you not have places you need to be as well? Oh, we do. It's just... something you're delivering? Give you a little wink. <laughs> ah. Memory like a steel trap, I see. Oh, yes. Of course we have something we need to deliver, but we're so close to Albjord now that... It's, well, almost within reach, and in all honesty, it has been a long, long, long journey, and, well, they wanted to rest without sailing, uh, the waves lapping up against the side of the boat, and uh, a warm meal over the course of a couple of nights can go a long ways for morale, something my father taught me. Good lesson to learn, I suppose. I find keeping morale up is well, that's what I do with most things. Exactly. An unhappy soldier, an unhappy mercenary, an unhappy guard. Well, it's the best way to end up with a dagger against your throat in the middle of the night. <laughs> it's not even just betrayal, really. I mean, no. People are hardly going to do their best if they're miserable. Exactly. <laughs> Hard lesson learned by my father. Your father also the war type then? Soldiers of his own? Oh, he was. But sadly, he was one of those lead by fear types, you know? Intimidate the soldiers to obey and then they'll be so afraid to step out of line that they'll do everything you say. 
I myself find that a softer touch. And she kind of places her hand on top of your hand and then slowly drags it away. Works a little better. Mind me asking who your father was? <laughs> oh, my father was a nobody. He had a small fleet of ships that he would take around from island to island, and he would plunder, thinking that he could take anything his wa he wanted. Haken Arlson was his name. Not a familiar name, is it? Uh, make a history check. seven seven yeah now i mean you studied a lot of the different horrific creatures of the dark one or the local history to bromsgrove nothing of that of the fractured peninsula like i said a nobody and if i'm being entirely honest I'd like to take whatever small wealth I can amass for myself and uh, retire somewhere where the climate is a little bit more friendly. I've heard wonderful things about the Rawl, or even a Farah, this time of year. Oh. I feel like retirement is an interesting thing to be baiting at your age. You seem so young. <laughs> sure, there's much of the world left to see, right? Oh, genetics have done a great favor for me. Believe me, if I told you how old I was, you wouldn't believe me anyway. Well, never ask a lady her age. Exactly. But, in my opinion, it's never too early to start thinking about retiring. I mean, wouldn't you rather sit on a beach the rest of your life, sipping away at frozen fruit drinks with some handsome servant doing anything you want rather than having to grind away at the same stone day after day after day not knowing if you'll find your next meal or a dagger in your stomach nah. no must make it exciting well just sit back and do nothing right <laughs> letting yourself waste away well I would prefer to let myself waste away than have that much excitement in my life. But well, then I feel that's where we differ. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. Difference and disagreement, conflict is what makes life worth living. I just would like to view the conflict from a beach view. <laughs> Oh, I suppose you can get some good naval fatals that way. <laughs> and you can see her just kind of like do this deflated laugh. Like, all right. <laughs> Very funny. Very clever. <laughs> mm. I don't... Do you have plans to retire then? Do Finish I? whatever you're doing here. Sadly, I don't think this will be enough. This is more of a helping out an old friend. You see, there is some 
nasty business happening in Albjord. And, well, this is something that I need to do for my home. Then after that, I'll find maybe one or two more jobs, hopefully make a good living, a good profit, and then move on. to ask what kind of jobs those would be. Well. What's... I hope for any peace in your future. Well, thank you. I appreciate Early it. preview of that beachside view. <laughs> oh, believe me. If I ever retire and I get to that beachside view, you will be one of the first people I'd get a postcard. And I would certainly appreciate it and happily take you up on your offer. Good. With that, she takes a sip and says, Oh, um, that reminds me. Do you mind if I'll be right back? I need to discuss with one of the crew about where we're going after Albjord. That means, go ahead. Thank you. And she'll give you a smile and stand and head off to go talk to one of the crew. You can see her kind of sit down at the table where they're sharing and just talking about something. They all sort of greet her when she arrives. And she talks to a man who you could probably assume to be the um, uh, the navigator or if not the helmsman. Uh, just because I'm still a little sus. Uh, <laughs> with the observant feet can do a little bit of freedom. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. I'm not going to listen to the whole conversation. I just want to see, like, you know, that it is just, like, general trade thing. That's nothing, like, true secrety. No, yeah. So the one thing that you do gather is she does talk and say that um, she received word in Bromsgrav of a... Um, particularly valuable totem um, of ivory, gold, and gems that would be stopping in Port Sahala. And there would be a moment in time where it was being transferred from one ship to another in about a month or two. Um, and if you want to continue to listen, you could get a little bit more details, but you kind of already get an idea of what line of work this Oriana is in, just from that conversation. And does this totem thing sound like anything that I'm familiar with? Make a history check. Better. Uh, da, da, da. 21. 21, okay. Um... So it seems to be something that it has a lot more um, like cultural significance than magical significance. Um, you've heard of ivory totems that have been made in either Odero or Cartesia. Things that are generally just meant as totems of worship to like minor deities or spirits that they would worship there. But for those that would receive lots of um, tribute in those places, they were given these encrusted, these gems, and then the priests of those um, gods would sort of take all of the gifts and sort of meld them into one massive totem. 
um, thing after thing after thing. And so none of them are magical. And most of those cultures that worship those um, entities have either been, you know, sort of wiped out by war in the area or wiped out by just the generally dangerous terrain that Cartesia and Odero, that the entire continent of Calderaz is. Um, so there's really no, it's not like they're robbing somebody's culture or stealing a powerful magic item. It's just an heirloom of a lost civilization that is worth a lot of money. Oh, she wouldn't really pry that much more into that conversation then. Yeah, okay, sure. So she stays over there for a while. And at that point, I mean, she'll stay in here and her crew will stay in here for the rest of the night. Um, if it's had, after about an hour of sitting at that table discussing a few more things, she does make her way back to you, Caracilla, and she does say, now, I apologize in advance, but the crew's really enjoying themselves. And with the warmth of fire, do you mind if they stay in here for the rest of the night? I'm by my means. Good. I don't see a problem. More company the merrier, right? Right, exactly. Listen, um... Well, thank you. And she'll give you a smile, and um, she'll just kind of sit down at your table, and for the rest of the night, I mean, unless you ask her things, or any of the other party can easily talk to her. I mean, it's the, the tables are very long tables, so it's very easy for you all to just kind of, if you wanted to ask her anything or talk to her at all, you could. Um, but other than that, she's just gonna be here till about, you know, uh, seven, eight o'clock at night. So it's up to any of you if you wanna talk to her. If not, she'll just generally talk about the journey that she's had, any sort of like um, run-in she's had with different pirates and how they were able to avoid them, sort of skirting around islands, talking about the weather, winter, the upcoming holidays, things like that. I think Cecily, as usual, is just gonna be sus from a distance. And, uh, you know, just keep a bit of an eye and be ready for her to do something not good. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, probably wouldn't engage much beyond that. Okay. Yeah. I am curious. Yeah. Um, at one point, uh, while she's talking about the pirates, um, she will kind of lean in and, and, and listen to some of those stories. And I presume Captain Darrow is not mentioned in any of them, is he? <laughs> uh, no, there isn't a, specifically a Captain Darrow mentioned, but what she does say is, um, there was one time when we were up towards the uh, northern islands, closer to Fjordala, there was a ship that fired cannons at us at a warning shot, uh, and a man who, his voice boomed out, he had this very rough, gruff, uh, very nasty voice, a very nasty man, if you ask me. And he told us to uh, stop our ship, drop anchor, stop rowing, and he might spare our lives. Now, man obviously wasn't very bright because the ship that he was sailing on, I mean, with one of those cannons, uh, probably couldn't go any faster than, well, probably slowed his ship down considerably. Uh, with enough rowing and with enough 
magical aid. Easy enough, we were able to outrun him. I wasn't able to get a very good look at him. Older man, gruff, scar across his face, uh, gray hair, very scruffy beard. Which Ashima does match the description of one Captain Daro. The oh, true uh, hero of the Salamander Coast. The true hero of the Salamander Coast. Yeah. He'll, he'll ease his way through like the, the the tall, gruff pirates and say, um So he may lurk these waters still. Oh, uh, well probably. Most pirates, once they find a sweet spot, they tend to, well, sap it till it's dry. And the Atarashi sees being far too dangerous with the war. Mm, yes. Believe me, there's a lot of money to be made in Atarashi, but sadly, things are just not very profitable over there. An honest man could make money as a privateer. But a man who has become accustomed to evil ways, that would not do. No, I've never been a fan of those who steal from merchant ships. It's just a pity, you know. They're just trying to make their living, trying to do what they can. I mean, how many times do you have to steal silks and spices and sell them to somebody who's going to pay you half of what they're worth to realize that you're getting the shit end of the deal? Hmm. <laughs> well said. Mm. Simply alarmed to hear of that ship on the sail. Do you know him? I know of his deeds. Well, that is reason enough to be wary of him, then. Well. You are a good storyteller, and I will <laughs> take note of this. He'll nod and start to take his leave. She'll kind of do that, like, hand bow thing where she kind of, like, moves it in a circle a few times, and she says, Oh, I love honor that! is mine. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? Guys, we're saved. <laughs> the hero of the Salamander Coast is here. He'll defeat the Dark One. He is the one to defeat the Dark One. What a turn that would be. <laughs> all of you die, and then all 13 players roleplay Captain Daro, just and controlling him in a one-on-one -on -one duel. The Dark One, we finally get to his lair, and it's like, I've surrounded myself with a, 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 a impenetrable shield of of teenagers <laughs> and rum, as well as golden guineas. No one can get through this, and I know you won't risk hurting innocent children. And Dara will come in and shoot him <laughs> and kill him and all. <laughs> He'll see a thieves that shoot himself out of a cannon just at the dark yeah. one. Yeah, we're all gonna pilot him. Who leaked the script to Pacific Rim Three? <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
Okay. Giant. Anyway. <laughs> the night does go on, though. Uh, Carousel will obviously, you know, crank up the gurdy, get some tunes going. Oh, yeah, for sure. Crank for sure. For sure. I love that phrase. Crank up the gurdy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You gotta crank it. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Get so some you going. crank up the gurdy. I'm gonna have to find a royalty free hurdy gurdy track to use whenever you crank up the gurdy. Um, <laughs> hell yeah! But you crank up the gurdy. You can see that all of the, all of the gar or all of the um, the sailors with you in here. They all start to sort of chant and sing whenever you start to play something that they recognize. Something that you might recognize as um. Uh, the girl with green eyes is they sing maybe a few different words every verse or maybe a few different things during the chorus uh, singing about um, the one with raven hair but at the end of the day it's all the same tones it's just kind of the words are a little different even though you grew up in Bromsgrove I mean they're not but a few weeks away but somehow the song changed as time went on as space grew between the two but you sing and you play and you have a merry time and you can see eventually um, Oriana, she yawns a few times and eventually makes her way over to you playing the hurdy-gurdy and will kind of place a hand on your shoulder and she says, uh, my dear, I hope you take no offense, but I am just a little tired. I was going to retire for the night. The crew will stay in here until they're probably drunk themselves into a stupor, but, um, well, I need my beauty sleep after all. <laughs> well, it certainly seems to pale. It's been our most pleasant of evenings. Yeah. And well, if there's any of your uh, crew have problems getting back to the ship, I'm more than happy to help them. <laughs> oh, you'll have to watch out for hmm, Harold. Uh, and she kind of points to one of the crew and says, he is a belligerent drunk, so he'd rather throw himself in the fire than have you help him down to the ship. So let him do his own thing and he'll be down eventually. Knighted. <laughs> Fucking Harold. <laughs> Classic what, Harold. <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? So with that, she will oh. <laughs> sort of, you know, uh, wave goodbye to you and then to the rest of you as she's leaving. Until eventually she exits uh, out of the inn and more time passes. So I'd say that was probably around maybe let's see um probably would have been around like 8 o'clock maybe and then around 9.30 10 o'clock um you can see at this point most of the sailors are are pretty drunk. You know they're they're rather uh, um, active and loud, and you can sort of spot out the one who is definitely Harold, um, who's very belligerent, sort of yelling at people, just ah, you like that's that's about all you get. Um, but eventually they all kind of grab on to each other and begin to help each other out and you know they sort of wave goodbye to all of you very friendly um eventually they exit um and then all of you are kind of left alone around 9 30 10 o'clock at night um 
Is anybody doing anything before you guys head to bed on this night? Ready to leave tomorrow morning? I'll take the first watch tonight. I can take one as well. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll do one of them. With watch time. Whoever. I'll do one. Ashima and I will take second. Okay. So then Ashima and Bianca and then Cecily and Morwen, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Y'all putting me with the Dolskis again. Hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Hell yeah! Your growth. The best time. <laughs> hey, my, my, my daughter wants to talk to you and just, like, shove Cecily into the room. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. So with that... um. All of you sort of discuss and decide um, who's going to um, take the watch, who's going to um, do what. And you can see uh, Hrothgar is kind of off to the side. He is just kind of like picking up cups every once in a while, sort of picking them up from around the area, um, setting them into a small bucket, just sort of trying to pick up the trash, clean up the area a little bit. Um, giving all of you a nod and a smile. You can definitely see that he is now more trustworthy towards all of you, um, obviously so. And just picks everything up and maybe about another half an hour passes. Just about as all of you are getting ready to, you know, sort of take off your weapons and armor, do whatever you would do on uh, your sort of nightly rituals are just the beginnings of it, you begin to hear what sounds like steel, like steel crunching on steel. Scratching plates of metal, the sound of chainmail jangling. From and where? from the entrance. And you can hear it stop. All of you sort of look to each other and breathe. And then as all of you are sort of looking towards the entrance, you can see uh, Hrothgar kind of looks up at that as well and looks to all of you. And you can see him begin to reach up his hand towards the roof as that fiery sword sort of clings to his hand and begins to ignite in flame. As you just all look towards the entrance, just staring, waiting, sort of readying yourself for whatever may come. Cecily, you get that feeling in your stomach again. That feeling of a storm. But it's not coming from the door. And you look up to the opposite wall where there are doors for different storage rooms. And as soon as you look up, your stomach wretches as you just feel this pain and in time with that pain there is this explosion of fire and energy 
from that opposite wall as wood and shrapnel and stone just comes flying towards all of you as these uh, men in, in black armor begin to march in through, flanked by two women with these uh, like pale, pale white skin, lips of deep black, silvery hair as they wear this deep, deep black clothing that drapes all the way down to the ground, magic clinging to their hands. These men in black plate armor draw their swords, brandish their shields, and all of you ready yourselves, drawing your weapons, ready to charge at them. But sadly, that is where we're gonna go ahead and end no. tonight's session. The eyes here. Oh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this session. Joe, how could you? Well, we're playing tomorrow, right? Uh, yeah. yeah yes, we are. <laughs> um, so just so you guys can get an idea of what everything looks like right now, I'm gonna go ahead and move you to the uh, move you to the to the map here. So they marched in, and there are two approaching from the entrance. So let me go ahead and pull everybody to the scene. Battle map. Um, so that is kind of what you're looking at right now. Um, where they are, there are two coming from the entrance, but then there are five marching towards you with two spellcasters behind them. And I will say that it is also worth noting that as soon as that explosion happens, you can hear what sounds like yells and groans of different men, the same men's voices that you heard in the tavern, and a woman's scream. And Caracilla, you had enough conversations with her tonight to know that that's Oriana's voice screaming. So, yeah, that's where we're going to go ahead and uh, end things. So, uh, uh, on that note, thank you so much, everybody, for watching. I hope you had fun. I sure did myself. Man, my beard looks really funny. Uh, okay, so uh, thank you so much for watching. Hope you enjoyed. If you are new here and you would like to talk about the session outside of a Discord or outside of a Twitch chat, uh, join the Roll with Advantage Discord server. We got a lot going on there. We like to talk about a lot of things and uh, just generally kind of shitpost some D&D &D memes. So please come join us. Yeah. Um, we'd love be to have friend. you there. Uh, yeah, be our friend. Also, just as a thank you again um, to those people who do wonderful art for uh, the streams. Oops, that's the wrong thing. Artists, there we go. Um, whether that be Lisa or uh, Gemma, uh, those two working on just different uh, miscellaneous artists. Actually, uh, River, the shipping manager of Roll With Advantage, the person who kind of creates all of the uh, romantic fan art. <laughs> uh, and then Gemma, who I can proudly say is the official artist of uh, Roll With Advantage. Woo. Um, <laughs> woo. Woo. Uh, and it's then, an honor. <laughs> and then Andy Romanchek, uh, who did all of the character PC uh, artworks. Please check out all of their Instagrams. They're all very talented. They all deserve all the love and praise um, that they're going to get. So thank you all so much for watching. And uh, tune in on Saturday to see the conclusion to the month three of downtime of the Isles of Ivarian. Let's see what happens. Let's hope nobody dies. Hopefully it's not Twitter Eurydice. <laughs> Shadow uh, blade, blade in the shadow, something like that. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, or tune in next Tuesday to the Salamander Coast, or next Friday, not this Friday, but next Friday for the uh, Explorers of Afera to see them face down with Captain Colliard. Maybe 
after some doom music starts to play and they need to squash an entire undercity. But we'll see what happens then. So thank you all so much for watching. I hope that you have a great rest of your morning, afternoon, or night, whatever it is for you. And that's where we're in it. Farewell. Uh, bye -bye. Bye -bye. Bye -bye. Bye -bye.